forever. Dog. Hey, this is Che Diaz. This cameo is for Kyle. Congrats on that early decision, dude. I just know you're gonna kill it at the California Institute of Technology. No, it's not over. It's just beginning. It's the best show. What's up, everybody? Here on a Tuesday night, it's me, Tom, with you. And tonight, we have Lance Bangs is going to be in the studio. And I'm I'm flipping out already. Lance Bangs is going to be here. We're going to be talking about what are the music's videos that's for songs that never got them. They They didn't have them for songs. You call 201-989-0012 and you give us your video treatment, your video ideas, your song ideas. We'll talk about that. Got a million things planned for tonight's How show. Are you feeling, Snake I'm boy? pretty good tonight. We're going to talk all about with Lance about the Elephant 6 documentary. So much more. Stay tuned on the best show. Play the theme, please. Welcome to the best show here on a Tuesday night in August of 2023. Is it hot enough for you? I hope so, because it's hot. Earth is going to be gone soon. That's why me and my space buddies are getting our spaceships ready. Right? Me and my space buddies. Who are my space buddies? All the heavy hitters. Jake Gyllenhaal and a few others. I can't mention all of them. They'll get really mad at me and they'll kick me out of my, they won't be my space buddies anymore. And I won't be able to go to Jupiter, which is where we're going. Mars is kind of basic. We're going to Jupiter. How's it going tonight on the best show? We have a fun show for you tonight. We're going to do, um, we got a great topic, which is going to be what are the uh, songs that should have had videos, and we'll come up, we'll, we'll build the videos for songs that never got a video. So maybe we'll be talking about the video for like Shaving Cream by Benny, uh, Benny, whatever his name was. You know the song Shaving Cream? Great song. Great song. Um, so we'll talk about that. We got Lance Bangs coming by to talk all about this new outstanding Elephant Six documentary about the record label 
and the scene and the collective that was Elephant Six. And Lance is a producer on the movie. We're going to have him come by. We have, uh, uh, oh, oh, we just heard from Olivia Tremor Control from my favorite band from that whole scene was Olivia Tremor Control. And the album Dusk at Cubist Castle. That's an all-timer. That's an all-timer. We heard the Opera House. You can't go wrong with that. That album, you can't go wrong. Holy moly, you can't go wrong with that. You can only go right with that album. You want an entry point? Not Neutral Milk Hotel. You go with Olivia Tremor Control. Then you do your Neutral Milk Hotel. Then you do your elf power, and then you do your minders, and then you do your music tapes and others. There's so many, so many. We'll talk about them later. But right now, I tells you, the phone number is 201-989-0012, and it is hot out. It's hot out. It's so hot out. I had a fun adventure over the weekend that in the heat, which I'll tell you about uh tell you about in a little bit. Let's just say You ever see the movie Wolf of Wall Street? I had my own Wolf of Wall Street minus the Wall Street part. And I ain't talking about no wolf with the tongue blah, 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 rolling out like uh, in a Tex Avery cartoon. You get ready. You're, gonna, you're not going to believe this. Excited about that? Mike? How's it going, Tom? I'm good. I'm good. How are you tonight, Mike? Doing all right. Sorry to hear you're so hot out there. It's uh, kind of refreshing in Jersey. Is it? What, what is it? What's the temperature? Let me guess. Is it like a nice 80, 82, like that? Yeah, down there. Yeah. yeah that's not too shabby. <laughs> it's not too shabby. You're getting those low 80s. My type of weather. It is. I, I loved it. I loved those cool days. I'll say this, Mike. It's getting more humid here than it ever has been. The whole point of being out here is that it ain't humid. It's just hot. Yeah, the dry heat. Dry heat. It ain't so dry no more. <laughs> ain't so dry. I drive, I drive around like I got a towel with me all the time. You'd think I was uh, a fireman. Uh, what's that loser who roots for the Jets with the fire hat on? Yeah, yeah. What's that guy's name? Bill. I don't know his name. I, just, I thought they called him the fireman or whatever. I, I, thought, thought, that was it was, it. I thought it was like fireman Ralph or something. <laughs> I don't think it's that specific. It's a guy who at New York Jets games runs. Fireman Ed is his name. He runs and he like shouts J E and the crowd starts screaming. They're chanting the letters. The most impressive part about it is that he knows how to spell jets, I think is, <laughs> I, I wonder if you look closely, if he like has a little cheat sheet in his hand. <laughs> <laughs> One of those guys with signs, 
yeah. there's guys with signs in front of him. So yeah, so he's just reading off the signs. He's reading off the signs. He's, he's got a giant cheat sheet. I um, think there was some controversy with that guy. I think his uh, loyalty was questioned. Ooh. You know, I'm a big fan of sports radio, so I I'm full of uh, trivial nonsense. I know you. Who do you think is the greatest sports radio uh, announcer? And I want to also include in this Jason Gore, Dudio. Hey, Tom. I'm good. Uh, how are you? Why did I answer? I, I assumed he was saying, how Tom, are how are you doing? That's are you I doing good? I am good. Um, I like that shirt. Thank you. This shirt I'm wearing, speaking of sports, speaking of good, Nathan Gelgood. Frequent villain of the best show <laughs> and friend of the show. He's like a Deadpool Punisher type character. You're not sure who he's playing for, but he made these shirts. John Starks was always right. And you can track him down. Nathan Gelga, G-E-L-G-U-D. These shirts, are uh, he's, uh, he's amazing. I love his art. Um, so. But Jason don't, don't like sports. I hate sports. No, I, I like college football. That's it. College football. Jason, that's, that's the worst sport of all of them. Oh, I know. <laughs> I, I'm not disputing it in any way. I know football. it's absolute trash. Uh-huh. College football. Who did you root for? Virginia Tech Hokies. The, Vir- the Virginia Tech Hogies? Ho- <laughs> what were my, they? My their voice mascot? cracked. Even was their mascot, it? It was like an Italian sub with... Uh, <laughs> Hokies. Extra oil and vinegar. H O K I E S. What is a hokey? Well, it's a, it's a, I don't know, but I mean, you don't uh, know. It's your favorite team. No, well, well, they're also known as the Fighting Gobblers, uh, but because the mascot is a giant turkey. You were the Fighting Gobbler in high school? They called me the Fighting Gobbler. Yes. Because I did, (laughs) I did a turkey impression that everybody couldn't get enough of. Oh my God! You hear Tom's turkey? That is good. That is pretty good. good. That is very. I had. Good. I. I. I'm so out of practice with it. Back then, you didn't even know if you heard that coming around the corner. You'd think it was either the fighting gobbler, me, or an actual <laughs> turkey. It's a coin flip for most people. Yeah. Now, college football, Mike. You have yes. a favorite college football team? I'll answer this. No, he doesn't. Why? <laughs> well, because well, there are well, nine Rutgers football is a reality now. So it's not, you know, uh, yeah, it's, it's sort of a, a legit football team now. They're Ru- not that good. Rutgers football. That's like saying Los Angeles subways. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> it's, no, it's uh, I went to Rutgers football games as a kid. Like it was like, there were always like circumstances where suddenly because Rutgers is this university in the middle of New Jersey, New Brunswick, New Jersey. You'd end up do Rutgers was like this weird hub for all sorts of things, whether it was there were concerts there. And that's where a young 13 year old Tom Sharpling saw REM with let's active opening um, things like that. But, even younger, for some reason, I would end up once every couple of years at like a Rutgers football game at that 
stadium and they were always losing. Like they always lost. Yeah. Yeah. They were terrible. They were terrible. Are they, they were in the Big East. Are they still in the Big East? Does the Big East exist anymore? No, they're they're actually in the Big Ten. They've kind of kind of stepped up. Yeah. Um, they used to play the Hokies, and I would see Rutgers play the Hokies all the time. As opposed to Team yeah. Ten, which is Jake Paul's uh, <laughs> little clique, which I'm hoping yeah. to become a member of. Um, so anyway, college football, eh? Yeah. The reason it. Mike doesn't like college football is because there are nine pro teams. In the tri-state area, you have your choice of three hockey teams, two basketball teams, two baseball teams, two football teams. We had nobody. I mean, we had the Redskins up in Washington, and I didn't like You mean the... The Commanders? The Commanders. Yes. Yeah, we had the... You had the Commanders. Um, And then we had the Braves, if we wanted a a baseball team. And I, I like the Braves. Sure. What's not to like? <laughs> the chop. Yeah, I don't like the chop at all. Or the name, honestly. Yeah, There's a little, guy here who works late. at Forever Dog, Brent Daniels. Uh, no, it's not Brent Daniels. It's it's uh, no. it's Brett uh, Bowen. Hell dog. Brett Bowen. He likes the uh, the Braves. Um, Tom Glavin is his favorite player of all time. And Chippa, he likes Chippa. Remember Chippa, Mike? Yeah, he was a Mets killer. He was the Mets killer. Yeah. But don't worry, Mike. The Yankees took care of Chippa. <laughs> they took care. Of, they told Chippa to sit down. I remember walking through the grocery store listening to over the PA they were playing when the Yankees were finally back in the World Series. They were playing that game. And like they went down 0-2, I think that series when they hadn't won in a million years and then they were down and then suddenly it was like oh no what's gonna happen and then the yankees came back because joe torrey the coach of the yank the manager of the yankees who is this just trash bomb of a human he um <laughs> he's one of the all-time losers in sports like as a as a manager he had the, the worst record ever and then coached this overly stacked Yankees team and then started winning. And then suddenly everybody's like, oh, he's such a winner. No, he's not. He's not at all. When anything came down to him, he lost. Uh But when it came down, when he's on a team with like nine all-stars, funny how he wins all of a sudden. Funny how he's a winner all of a sudden. (laughs) Funny how that works. But his brother, remember Joe Torre's brother was like sick and he's like, is Frank gonna make it? It was like this, like it was like this, like New York Post melodrama. Like Frank Tory is, is he's he's in the hospital. He's saying go Yankees. I don't remember that. Wow. Oh, I remember. It was bizarre. That's um, <laughs> pretty bizarre. No, oh, Joe, somebody said Joe Tory won as an MVP as a player. Yeah, okay, as a player. That's why he got the manager's job, and he was terrible at it. He was awful, and then the Yankees were overly stacked, and suddenly he has a winning record. It took him like the Yankees having like the 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 most stacked teams ever for him to get like back to five hundred in his career. But enough baseball talk, Mike. Who's the all time greatest sports uh, radio personality? I'll say mine, yeah. and you say yours. On the count of three, do you have one in mind? Yeah, I do. 
One, two, three. Steve Mike Summers. <laughs> no, Steve Summers is great. Yeah, he re he re he's retired now. He was like the overnight guy on uh -huh. WFAN, and he talked like this. It's uh, Steve Summers at the Smooths, and and Jerry Seinfeld <laughs> used to listen to Steve Summers and would call in every once in a while. And he would talk all about the Sacramento Kings and all the things. Like, he always had a, a little play on words for everybody. I loved him. He called. Yeah, no, he's great. He's great. He, I, I, I think he is. He retired now. He is retired. He's yeah, he's out. Yeah. He's, he's retired. I he, remember listening to him after we would do the best show. He would be on late at night. Oh, yeah. Listen to him. And uh, either, it was a nice little. Either I'd listen to him down. on the drive home or I would listen to New Jersey 101.5 and prank phone call. <laughs> the overnight guy on that show because clearly i didn't get enough i talk, I just talked non-stop for three plus hours and i still needed a little more attention so i would prank phone call another radio show yeah i said mike francesa because yes he's just a an interesting personality mm -hmm. his quirks yeah uh his lack of sense of humor yeah he is maybe the least <laughs> funny guy uh-huh. And he's such and he's a guy for people who don't know, this is this guy who they called him the sports pope. Like like <laughs> because he's so pompous and full of himself <laughs> that the, that players on team started calling him the sports pope. Right? I think it was just the pope. The pope. But it was like the pope, <laughs> yeah. But I mean it's yeah. implying the pope of of yeah. sports. Of all all yeah. things, actually, it goes beyond sports, right? He he pontificate about music every once oh, yeah. in a while. That was yeah. that was interesting. Yeah, no, he's he's one of those windbags who knows nothing. <laughs> when you listen a little closer, you're just uh -huh. like, I don't think he knows what he's talking about. <laughs> He'll be just like, he's one of those. If you want to know who Mike Frances is, if you ever knew anybody who wondered why they didn't resolve the the episode in the woods on the sopranos like what happened to the russians and that like who couldn't understand it's like a figurative experience the idea of just the unknown well they never caught the russian guy in the, in the pine barrens <laughs> like if you ever knew anybody who like truly couldn't understand the idea that like sometimes in art there are un uh, there are unanswerable things and the, he just took the show so literally. That's Mike Francesa. Here's Mike. What do you wear to a Taylor Swift concert? I wore shorts and a shirts and uh, shorts and a t-shirt. It was August. I, I, I wore shorts and a t-shirt. Westbury Swats. Music Fair, August night, nineteen sixty-seven. Judy Garland, and she got a standing ovation after every song, and she brought her daughter on the stage, Liza Minnelli, and Peter Allen was her piano player and her husband, and she sang Cabaret, which she won the Academy Award for a couple of years later, that night in that arena, and she got a standing ovation, Judy Garland, and the last song she sat on the floor and sang Somewhere Over the Rainbow. Mike Francesa. <laughs> Just a but, taste. I, mean, I never liked, like, I never liked Led Zeppelin. I don't, and I never liked heavy <laughs> rock. I hate, like, if you ask me, like, those real, like, Grand Funk Railroad or even the crazy 
mega, oh you know, the mega death, all that <laughs> crazy ones with the guitars. I hate that stuff. Like Black I, Sabbath? Oh, Black Sabbath. Well, what's the other one that's AC really DC? Yeah, and who's got Enter Sandman? Who's that? Metallica. Metallica. I would have he's a loser. Metallica played my we backyard. I draw the blinds. I'm I mean, with okay. him on Metallica. Okay, I mean, give me a break. Uh, I mean, you guys I are both wrong. Man, that's not. I like that his reference is Grand Funk Railroad is the first <laughs> heavy rock band he mentioned. I will say this, Railroad, Tom. All that other stuff. When I was growing up and loving Metallica and going to my first yeah. Metallica show, yeah. my mom was like, oh, your dad and I used to go to some really heavy shows, like heavy shows. Yeah. We saw Grand Funk Railroad. Pretty so heavy. she's right yeah. there with Francesa. Oh, look, but your mother, actually, day. your mother was actually there. This guy's pulling this as a reference he thinks is like, <laughs> your mother's actually no relaying an experience she had. Yeah. And this is, of all the clips, my favorite forever. One thing for Peyton. Peyton, the first <laughs> guy you kiss can't be Papa John, okay? And listen, <laughs> this is a big moment. First of all, I have no idea why Papa John's on the field. Shame on the NFL for having him on the field. But if you're Peyton Manning, you have enough money. The first guy you kiss can't be Papa John, okay? It can't be. <laughs> and if I see that as a commercial, I'll throw up. <laughs> enough. The rage he can work up, you know? Yeah. These sports guys could get to 10 like that. <laughs> it takes nothing for them to be. Like, for me to yell like that, it would take a lot for me to get to at the level of rage <laughs> that they get to. Uh-huh. The first person you kiss can't be Papa John. So, where were we? Mike. Yeah. Jason, we do not have Pat. Am yeah. I correct, Pat? There's no Pat. There's we're no it's Pat. three horsemen tonight. He's on assi assignment. Yes. Pat is on assignment. He will... Uh, have 70,000 points deducted. <laughs> uh, they will be returned Good. upon his return, though. Oh, well. Contingent on he better bring the good stuff. Then you get your point. You get your 70,000 points back. Um, yeah. I, uh, I'm going to tell you a story with you guys on the line right now with the three horsemen. Are you familiar with a, a a a store chain called Bed Bath and Beyond? Oh God, yes, I am. Well, they're no longer with us, apparently. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're going under. It's like, oh, Bed Bath and Beyond's going under. Bed Bath and Beyond's going under. So I'm driving along. I think to myself, I still got a Bed Bath and Beyond gift card. And I'm passing a Bed Bath and Beyond. I'm yeah. like, let me go in and just like find something with this thing. Yeah, I didn't realize Bed Bath and Beyond. The Beyond part is was the dominant factor because they are beyond being in business. When I went into about a week and a half ago, I went in and it said final day, ninety percent off everything. <laughs> Wow. So I'm just I like, went, I went like, when it was 40% off. You went 40 per, Well, I waited till yeah. 90, apparently. I go in. <laughs> when I say that shot right there, way too much stuff in stock. <laughs> there was one section 
at the front of the store. Yeah. That had a few like knickknacks on it. Like it had these plaques that you would put on a desk with like a folded kind of backing. Yeah, that's what it looked like at Bed Bath and Bath. Picture. It was literally empty. They're selling the fixtures now. Last day, 90% off. It might have been even more than 90. I think this is the one that I went to. Actually. The only ones the I could find, uh-huh. the only things I could find were these motivational <laughs> desk plaques that said like, <laughs> like ask for forgiveness, not for permission. You got it, kid. And it was like, it was like, yeah, it was like that level of like, be savage every yeah. day, like that stuff. So I'm like, I've got that on my wall. I got this gift card right here. I got a Bed Bath & Beyond gift card. I think this is has $3,000 worth of credit. <laughs> on it. No, I think it probably is $25. Yeah. So I go in. I grab like eight of those things. I'm just like, this will be funny. I'll just grab some of this crap. I'll give them out to yeah. people. Be I, savage. I know what happened here. I know what happened here. I know you know what happened. I, I go to the counter. Guy goes, we can't. It's cash only. Cash only. What are you guys? They, what are you guys rushing at? What are you guys going to the airport after this? Cash they only. Taking, they stopped taking the coupons as of July 1st. Yeah. Well, and we had a stack from like 2005 until now. This is with this, which is this is why they went out of business because yep. they mailed out a 200 page catalog every week <laughs> to everyone in America. Yeah. I would say. Bed Bath and Beyond. If you wanted to stay in business, check out the internet. Sometimes you could put a little coupon on your web page. It's funny that you say that because it's they funny are that I say now. everything because it's the best. Now I sound like Mike Francesa. I'm ramped Jesus. up already. I'm ramped up already. What's up, Mike? Hey, Mike. Bring your Yankee wool cap. It was. I don't own a. I don't own a Yankee wool cap. Sorry. Come on, you don't. No, I don't wear caps, so I don't wear hats. But that's oh, no, it. I remember. I remember in '76 you had one on. No, you don't remember that, Mike, because I did not. I, I, don't, I don't wear one, sorry. So, you know, you probably you weren't there in 76, so what are you talking about? Uh, hey, Mike, I have a question about Murphy. You've got to admit, what this guy's doing in, in the playoffs is everything a guy like Rick Nash can't do. And by the way, Mickey Mantle... What does Rick Nash have to do with, with, with Daniel Murphy? I mean, come on now. But would you admit that Mickey Mantle was one of the most overrated players during the <laughs> This guy's just winding Mike, him up. He wasn't in the playoffs. Yeah, Mike. Mike. Think, this yeah. guy's just. Would you admit Mickey Mantle, who's Mike Francesa's hero, yeah. is yeah. one of the most overrated players in baseball <laughs> history? No, no, I wasn't there. You weren't there in '76. You didn't wear your Yankee cap. They knew how to wind him up, man. Yeah, but but he didn't know it was coming. How did nobody, like a producer, just put on his screen? You're being pranked right now. You're being pranked. <laughs> I think right the, now. The, the 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 screener probably enjoyed it. Yeah, you're being pranked right now. <laughs> um, so I go in. I bring my gift card up to the counter, and about eight of these plaques. <laughs> Guy goes, he can't take the gift cards. And I say, what do you mean? It's got credit. You're still open. You can't take a gift card. He's like, yeah, it's cash only. So I said to him, come on. 
This is the last day. You got two more hours. Then you're. Oh God! And the guy goes, "I can't do it." And that's just like, really, you can't do it. He goes, "I can't. We're not allowed to take the gift cards." And then I said, "Maybe my greatest burn of all time." <laughs> Come on, what are you going to get fired? Because the job, oh his, his job's over in two hours. They're going to lock. They're locking the place up in two hours. Don't blame me. Blame Bed Bath and Beyond. Why well, didn't have to shove it in his face? Well, he was shoving it in my face. He's not taking his <laughs> gift card. No, I think I think that's fair, right, Mike? Yeah, no. So I'm praying they burn. come back. This is going to be worth a lot of money when they come back. I said, "What are you going to get fired?" Because the guy was giving me some tood also. What did I say? He's like, nah, I can't do it. It's cash uh-huh. only. It's cash only. <laughs> it was very early on. We The first time we went, Kristen and I went to the one in Studio City. Yeah. And I think that's when it was only 30% brag off. much. <laughs> oh, oh. Um, it was 30% off. And that was right after they stopped taking the coupons. And I walked up to a woman who worked in pillows. And I said, hey, I just want to confirm you you guys aren't taking any coupons anymore. And then she she looked at me and she's like, yeah, we stopped. We stopped taking those last week. And she's really like emotional. And I, and I looked at her and I said, you know what? I'm really sorry. You're losing your job. And I'm sorry. The story's going store's going away. Yeah, that's what you said. And she said, you're you're a kind person. Yeah. Well, I said to the guy, so, what are you going to? You're going to get fired. First of all, there's nothing left. The guy should have just said, you know what? Just take the things. There's yeah, no I way know. we sell all. There's no way we sell out of these stupid things in the next two hours. Just, How much was it? They were they were 90 plus percent off. They were 60 something cents a piece. <laughs> <laughs> you could, you could have thrown down $2. The guy should have just said, just take them. <laughs> this place effed all of us. This place effed all of us. They effed you with the gift card. They if they effed me with my job. Just take them. Yeah. Company man. Like- company man down to the wire. <laughs> company so man. Did, did you put them back on the shelf? Like the one shelf? Yes, I did. The place? I walked did, them okay. back over and put them back. So anybody let's say look in the chat. Oh, Tom's so mean. Tom's so mean. You want to see me and I'll shut this chat down. <laughs> what's he mean uh-huh um tom so last mean. time i went to uh bed bath and beyond i had to get anti uh, bed bug supplies yeah oh god yeah, <laughs> yeah I, my my, I, oh, no. my building uh became infested and then it was an all-out war and i was going nuts everybody was going nuts in the building mike i gotta apologize to you I actually bought some pro bed bug stuff and dropped it off. Of <laughs> <your building. laughs> that was kind of my, I yeah. blew it. You just, you just slipped it into his it was apartment. 90% off at bed bath. Yeah. 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 Now it, the look. Okay. Look, was the, was my zinger a little salty? Yes, it was. Okay. I'll admit that. I zung the guy a little harder than maybe he deserved to be zung. The guy could have just said, just take him. Just take him. We're going to throw you- this crap out at the end of the night. <laughs> what do you think he, like, do you think he thought of that again when he got in the car? 
I don't know. I don't know what that guy thought of. All I know is this gift card is worthless now. Yeah. And it's on that. But Bed Bath hat. and Beyond still exists. Oh no, I like I, you go to their website and they're just kind of saying like we're coming it's back. It's kind of like the uh yeah. it's kind of like the south. We're going to yeah. rise again. <laughs> Bed no, Bath and it, Beyond will rise again. But in this way they will in the south won't because overstock.com bought the URL. Yeah, they ain't taking that gift card though. Overstock.com ain't taking that gift card. I'm going to give it to someone as a present. Give it to uh, a lottery God, ticket. Yes. Yeah, who should I With give it? With a lottery it? ticket, I should give it to yeah. Pat. I should give it to Pat. Oh God, give it to Pat. Put it in a really show. nice like holiday Pat. card. Yes, give Pat. it to him. Pat, happy birthday! Just right. I want you to know I'm always uh, Pat. This is what I know. think of you. Yeah. No, I, you do so I think much so work. much of Pat. I think so much of Pat. I can't yeah, do that. We I all can't do. do that. I got to give it to somebody I can't stand. I should actually give it to that kid at Bed Bath and It wasn't a kid. He was in his uh, late twenties. We still make some uh-huh. kid, I guess. Was anyone in line behind you, or was it just the two of you? No, there were people floating around, marveling at how there was nothing for sale. There. <laughs> Unless you wanted to buy a rack, or like, like actual fixtures, there was nothing yeah. for sale. Could it? T- you could have taken it to the next level, Tom. If you had some time, you could have driven behind the place by mm-hmm. the dumpster. And then, oh God, yes, you'll, Tom. you'll be you'll be waiting back there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what am I going to fight him? No, oh, no. Uh, for when he has to throw them out. When he has to throw yeah. them out, I'll just go like, "Yeah, that's what I thought." Or just be <laughs> in the dumpster for when he throws them out, and you pop up. Sure. Yeah, I should have done that, like Oscar the Grouch. <laughs> <laughs> pop back up. Mike, you know what? I think you've called too much. I think, you know, for a while, let's take a rest, okay? I think you've called too much. Now you're just calling to try and bait me into something stupid. So why don't you take a rest? Joe and Massapequa Park, what's up, Joe? Hey, Mike. Mike can take a rest for a while. How are you, Mike? What's happening? Mike Francesa, everyone. Um, Yeah, Bed Bath, was I a little? Okay, I'll concede. It was a little, it was a little bit of a zinger. There was a little too, there might've been a little too much heat on my zinger. Okay. No, it's good. It's not one of those, uh, Costanza situations. I apologize. I would like to formally apologize to the guy at Bed Bath and Beyond for my, what are you going to get fired? Zinger. He didn't deserve that. I'm wrong. And if he's out there. I would like to ha- welcome him to the best show and make him the fifth horseman. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm bringing him on. I'm going to make it up to this guy. I'm going to make it up to him. And he also, he's the fifth horseman, the third egg foo what, <laughs> and the second he replaces uh he don, replaces don, jeff he replaces don Gorflock. um <laughs> so yeah horseman stand down and stand by yeah the phones 201-989-0012 look okay with again now i feel bad oh my god the guilt here comes that old-fashioned guilt rushing in 
Hi everybody, Tim Heidecker here. We have a brand new Office Hours that just came out of the oven. We've got legendary psych rocker Ty Siegel. And Doug is back from down under. G'day. G'day. And his mommy came with him. Mommy and Gary Lusenhop are here too. Alicia let me know that she finished the White Album, has thoughts on that. So much more on this legendary episode of Office Hours. Find us on your podcast app of choice or watch us on YouTube at youtube.com slash office hours live. Who are the animals? Because I don't smell them. Just say, just take it. Just take it. Yeah, just take it. Just take it. That's all you had to do. The crap was, it's truly, this crap was going to get thrown out. But I guess, ah, uh, once again, Tom's the bad guy. Once again, I'm the bad guy. I apologize to the Bed Bath & Beyond employee. You come here, I will make it up to you. I will give you a cashier's check for $10,000. No, I'll give you a check for $10,000, but then when you go to cash it, I'll say, oh, I can't take that check anymore. Sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah, we, we don't take those checks anymore. Fine. I'll make it up. If anybody knows, if anybody knows that guy, put me in touch. Put me in touch. Hello, Besho. Hi. Hi. Who's this? Hey, this is Sam from Atlanta. Sam from Atlanta. How are you tonight, Sam? I'm doing excellent, Tom. Uh, how about yourself? I'm pretty good. I feel a little guilty about. My Bed Bath & Beyond zinger now. But other than that, I'm doing hey, great. Hey, man. You live and learn. That's all, all I got to say. That's what Alanis Morissette said. You live, you learn. Remember that song? Oh, yeah. No, absolute. That that yeah. album still flaps. You know, you so. know what else she said? How about getting off of these antibiotics? Um, wow. Remember that song? Thank you, India. Thank you, Tara. Thank you, disillusionment. Thank you, Providence. I thank you, Tara. I want thank you, silence. The moment I leaned into it. Was the moment I got more than I could handle. So what's up? Uh, Just one Sam? hand in the pocket. Yeah. Um, not too much. And the other uh, one so is holding I, a peace sign. I'm hailing a taxi cab personally. Yeah. Um, so I had an idea. Um, me and my brother were talking about the uh, call-in topic, and he wanted to do something for... Thin Lizzy, um, and the song he wanted to do from uh, Black Rose, My Sarah, apparently already had a video idea done for it, so we scrapped that. Okay. Um, and then I was thinking of, um, there's this great song from uh, the Faith No More album Angel Dust called RV, and it's this, this weird kind of, you know, off-kilter, different, like, pivot from the rest of the more, like, funkier heavy metal tracks mm -hmm. on there it's just this like weird country three four like piano ballad 
mm-hmm. about this dude just sitting on his couch, just hating life. And I just was thinking to myself, like, this would make the best, like, 1 a.m. Mm-hmm. You left MTV on and you're watching this, like, music video of this guy just, like, slothed totally out, like, prosthetics maybe mm-hmm. everywhere around him and just, like... The ultimate gross-out mode, just him sitting there watching some kind of Fox News thing, just being like, yeah, you know what? That straw man is my enemy. You're right. Mm-hmm. And just getting like more angry about like everything, but also barely moving, just like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Can you hear this? So that's the song RV by Faith No More. Yeah. Okay. So you want a video that's like a like a heavy prosthetics, like well, what would you what would be the parallel to it in in like movie uh, parlance? Um, I'm thinking like um, there's this there's this uh, one. I don't know if you're familiar with Jack Stauber. Um, he's this internet artist From who does a lot of Pirates like, of the Caribbean claymation yeah. stuff. Captain yes, Jack, Jack that, Stabber. Captain Jack Stabber. He yeah. finds the the tentacled pirates. You know, it's yeah. great stuff. Um, yeah. no, but he has this great um, this great short film called Opal. And there's an old man sitting on the couch, just like you know, barely able to breathe. So I was thinking like something similar to that. Maybe like some really just like it. It wouldn't even have to be like super heavy. Like prosthetic, like you could just go with like the the makeup on like an open, just like you know, belly okay. out a little bit, a little bit fat, mm-hmm. just like. And is this Mike it, Patton? Like, Mike, you want Mike up. Patton playing this character in it? He could be. I would think Mike Patton would be someone on the TV that's like telling him like stuff. Oh. Like he'd be. Like, I picture Mike Patton during, being like a televangelist on the TV. You know, like right? Yes. Yes. That's that's great. That is exactly that's the kind on of brand. All, that that is great. the most faith no more idea is that Mike Patton would be like a like a eighties style televangelist. Ooh, and then they're like throwing money like on the stage. Yeah, almost like it's a strip club. Yeah, and like he's God, healing people. He's healing people, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and this not dude, a big like, fan of like, them. I gotta tell you. That's fine. They're not for everybody. I just like the good stuff. I'm sorry. You and Steely Dan, too. That's another one where I'm just like, uh. This is um, the video. Give me a Steely Dan song. I'll write a video for a Steely Dan song right now. Okay. Um, let's do Fire in the Hole. Fire in the Hole. That's not a Steely Dan song, is it? First out, it's it's a. I'm thinking like deeper cuts of things that were deeper cuts that I would love to have seen like get more attention. Like okay. that's what I thought when I saw the assignment for this one. Okay. Yeah, this I would have Walter Becker and Donald Fagan are on two toilets across from each other, and he's got a toilet piano. <laughs> they both have toilet pianos. And they're both singing the song to each other. And then the bathroom, the camera pulls out and you realize 
everyone from Steely Dan is sitting on a toilet. The guys had toilet drums, right? You, you joke, but I feel like Donald Fagan would be like, yeah, man, that's that's some radical stuff you got right no, there. What do you think? That's I'm, some radical thinking you got there. I'm not messing around here. And then the camera pulls up, shoots them from over, and we realize Steely Dan are in a giant toilet that gets flushed at the end of the song. You see the members of Steely Dan going down the toilet like things that get flushed down toilets. Poetic, man. I, yeah. I, I, I'm already picturing that song just going platinum based on that alone. They're just like, that yes. was the toilet video, dude. Yeah. I love it. So I wrote two videos there. You wrote one. I wrote the other. Hey. Perfect, perfect synergy. I'd Sam, say. thanks for the call. Bye-bye. Oh, remember I told the story last week about how I went to Disneyland and built a droid? Remember I told that story? You know what was missing from that story? The actual droid. This is the droid I built. His name is not R2-D2. His name or her name. Ladies can be droids too, guys. Her name is R7 D D3 R7D3. Um, I think R7D3 is going to take a little tour of the studio. Okay. I think we actually have a droid cam set up. There we go. Is it stuck? Okay. There we go. He's rolling around. He's going away down the hall. Yeah. Um, so R7D3 is my new droid. Um, and here, I want to hand this to anybody who's... Oh, there we go. Let's see. 
Okay, here, I'm going to hand this off to somebody. Um, and I'm going to go back to do the show. I got a little something to hand to someone. Here you go. Can someone come to the door and grab this? We're, we're on Here it. Here we go. Here we go. Slowly but surely. Here we go. Thank you so much. Okay. So I want to tell you all about Patreon. That's right. Patreon. That's how the best show stays on the air. Basically, advertising and podcasting is non-existent. Uh, thanks to dumb companies overpaying for famous tourists coming through doing podcasts. They killed it. And the people like me who have been doing this before any of them did it are paying the price. That's why we do a Patreon. That's how we do it. Patreon.com slash the best show. And we have bonus content going up there each and every Sunday. We got four horsemen uh, is the, uh, the show with me, Pat, Mike, and Jason. We have an episode uh, going up, talking about how to beat the heat. Make Mike Marvel, where AP Mike goes through the Marvel movies with Brett Davis. And this, now they are at Inhumans. Oh, rough stuff. Uh, Rubenesque coming up. That's the show where we go through the catalog of Rick Rubin, album by album. Uh, there's Sharpling and Worcester, Q&A, S&W Q&A. We got those. So much stuff. And there's ad-free versions of the episodes. Uh, there's video for 10 bucks, audio for 5 So much stuff. We really make it worth your while, and you help keep the show. Uh, you help keep the show going. So it's great. Thank you for the support. And I want everybody else, if you can join and support the show, uh, we appreciate it, and it keeps us doing what we do. So, let's go back to the phones. Here we go. Back to the phones. Hello, Best Show. Tom, hello. It's Steve in North Hollywood. Steve in North Hollywood. How are you, Steve? Doing well. I'm calling with, with my fast pass from last week. That's right. You were on hold, and I gave you a fast pass to call up and go to the front of the line. Welcome to the show, Steve. Thank you, Tom. To what do I've I owe got, the pleasure of this call? Well, regarding last week's topic, I've got three different stories. I'd like you to pick which one you'd like to hear. What the hell was last week's topic? You couldn't, I couldn't guess it in a million years. It was like crazy uh, amusement park stories. That's right. Crazy amusement park stories. Give me the options. I'll pick at least one. I've got first time on Space Mountain. Okay. I've got celebrity encounter on Big Thunder Mountain. Okay. Or I've got huge celebrity encounter i'm taking number two and three number two and three let's start with number two we'll build up to number three let's hear your space mountain well no your what mountain thunder mountain was it big thunder mountain big thunder Thunder mountain Mountain. which was also my nickname in high school go ahead oh yeah uh so it was only my second time ever going to disneyland yeah 
and I'm just about to get on Big Thunder Mountain for the first time in my mm-hmm. life. And I get into my seat, and none other than Haley Seinfeld sits down right in front of me. Boom, 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 uh, and so I said, hey, aren't you the young lady from True Grit? You and said she that. says, yes, that was me. And I said, what's that? And so that, yes, she was in the, the, the Coen brothers movie, true grit, which was, a, is a, it's a great movie. It's a great movie. And I said, I want to apologize. Cause this is my first time on this ride. You're probably going to hear a grown man do a lot of screaming. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, that's perfectly understandable. And then I played my Coen brothers card and I said, you know, I auditioned to play the guy with the bear on his head in that movie. Mm-hmm. That's and Haley Steinfeld. So great. That's Midsummer. Well, uh, in in True Grit, they meet a guy on horseback who's wearing a bear skin, and he's talking about how he's ah, like a dentist. That's his grandfather. I, I got to that's that. the guy from Midsummer's grandfather. <laughs> I think you're right. But yeah. So, he, you, much so you auditioned for the part in True Grit. You did not get Correct. it, I'm assuming. Or you would have led with, hey, I was also in True Grit. <laughs> right. But I thought it was pretty funny to be meeting the star of True Grit, yeah. which takes place in the frontier while we were on a ride in Frontierland. Yes. Mm-hmm. And what did, what was Haley Steinfeld like? Well, when I told her about the, the audition, she said, oh, I wish you got it. And then the ride started going. And she and all her friends were going crazy and posing for their cameras during the ride. And I was just screaming and trying not to fall out because it was my first time on Big Thunder. And it's very exciting. I just want to say this, Steve. Very Steve, you weren't going to fall out of no rides. This is Disneyland. That's, that's, <laughs> what, they, what do you think? This is uh, Universal? Universal, you probably fly. as a 50% chance you fall out of a ride over there. <laughs> I've been on all of them many times and so far so good. You want to hear the huge celebrity encounter at Pirates? That is an amazing story, and it sounds like you're ready to top it with a bigger one. Let's hear it. All righty. So I ran down there in 2017 to meet with some friends, and we all meet up, and they're like, we're going Humble brag much. Wait, hold on. I'm being interrupted. (laughs) R7D3 has just totally trashed a bag of whoppers from the oh, no. forever dog kitchen that's not cool r7d3 what are you doing all right enough of that now steve back to you you're on you're going there to right. meet your friends 2017 yes indeed um and there had been talk that johnny depp had been dressing as jack sparrow mm-hmm. and showing up on pirates of the caribbean mm-hmm. because there was a new pirates movie about to come out sure and so we're standing in line for pirates of the caribbean and there's this you know the part of the line where you're still outside for a little while sure and there's a staircase that goes up over that part of the line mm-hmm. and this little voice inside my head said look over at that staircase and i looked over and i saw an even bigger mega star than Johnny Depp walking up that staircase. Let me see if I can guess. Give me a hint. 
one of Hollywood's most incredible and recognizable smiles going back to like the 1960s. Ah. Male. Hmm. Burt Lancaster. Extremely close in terms of rhyming. Burt Reynolds. Extremely close. Jerry Reed. Uh, well, Burt Reynolds was closer in terms of rhyming and kind of a uh, contemporary. Scott Aukerman. No, pretty pretty far away now. Bruce Dern. Um, nope, but I'd be amazed if he and Bruce Dern aren't. Well, they are in a, a fairly recent 2019 movie at the same time, but they don't show up together. Dick Clark. No. Jack Nicholson. Left us Jack then. Nicholson. Hey, I'm going to no, ride but the I'm... ride. I'm going to ride the pirates. <laughs> Is that what he said? No, maybe just as huge. Just he was as wearing huge. Sunglasses. Dustin Hoffman. Uh, I I almost want to say even more beloved than Dustin Hoffman. Robert Loja. No, sadly not him. We all would have had orange shoes for days if that was the case. Mark Goodman from MTV. <laughs> no. Uh, no. Remember how you were really close with the name Bert? Bert Blylevin. Nope, but it, it rhymes with Bert. Kurt Vile. Extremely close. Kurt Loader. Still close. Maybe a Kurt tiny bit Cameron. older than Kurt Loader. Kurt Cameron. Uh, way bigger than Kirk. Captain Kirk from Star Trek, William Shatner. Um, no, but he did play a movie. He played a captain in a movie with the word captain in the title. Oh, I know who this is. Kurt Metzger, the stand-up comic. (laughs) Metzger. Sadly not Kurt Metzger. Kurt Thomas, uh, NBA power forward. No, but like Kurt Thomas. Kurt Russell. Also, yeah. Kurt Russell on the staircase over pirates. Yeah. Smiling and waving. Why? Magical. I was just like, you guys. Why was he there? Over there. Kurt Russell. Uh, I know that um, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 was also on the way out pretty soon. So I have to assume it. it So he decided to to ride some rides. What does him well, being on Pirates of the under- Caribbean have to do with have to do with uh, what does him being on Pirates of the Caribbean have to do with uh, uh, the, the, uh, the, the, the Guardians of the Galaxy? Well, so the the staircase that he was on actually leads up to that Walt Disney Dream Suite. Have you ever heard of that fancy hotel room right above there? And so he started waving to the crowd. I don't know nothing about and- nothing with this. I don't know nothing about nothing with this Disney. 
Oh, there's a restaurant underneath the thing, that <laughs> Club 99 or whatever it's called. All sorts of secrets. You know what? People can talk about secrets. Sometimes there's just stuff. You know what I mean? You come to Forever Dog. Absolutely. There's a room with wires and stuff in it. That's not a secret room here. It's just a room <laughs> with stuff in it. Yeah. Well, that's exciting. It was a pretty, pretty awesome encounter, I must say. Steve, and then a bunch a... of suits surrounded him and took yeah. him away. They took or they swept him away. Yeah. Well, Steve, I got to say, it's an excellent call. I wouldn't Thank expect you, anything less. I wouldn't expect anything less from Steve from North Hollywood. No host, Steve. Oh, look, it's okay. <laughs> bye bye. Thanks, Steve. I'm looking in the, the droid cam R7D3 is in a room causing in that room with wires causing trouble. It's a little lit up and now the lights are flashing. Come on, R7D3. You'd be good. You'd be good. Be a good droid. She's in that room making mischief. Hello, Besha. Uh, hi, hi, Tom. Uh, this is Matthew in Philadelphia. Matthew in Philadelphia. I have a feeling. I know who this Matthew is. Have you ever heard? I'm going to give you a quiz to see if this is the Does Tom Know Matthew quiz. Name okay. one member. Of the band Paste. Dennis Kalachi. There you go. It's, this is Matthew. This, how are you, Matthew? It's great to hear <laughs> from you. <laughs> Hi, Tom. Uh, I Have I called twice from the same place ever? Maybe Never. Iowa? I don't know. I'm always calling from somewhere. Matthew, Hello from Philly. you're on the road. You're, you're on the road covering a lot of ground. <laughs> how are you tonight, Matthew? What's going What brings you to Philly? Oh, you know, uh, just needed to get back to where there were trees. Iowa was not good to me with the tree situation. Hold on a second. Philadelphia is where you picked to go look at trees? Well, Philly wasn't my idea. Pennsylvania was, but I let my roommates gotcha. pick the place. So oh, I'm in Philly I see. For the yes. year. Yeah. Have you been to yeah. Wawa, Matthew? I have been to Wawa basically every day on my way to work. You're doing it right, Matthew. You're doing it right. <laughs> That's one of the so much. one of the things I miss out here. Ain't no Wawa out here. Ain't no Wawa now that I'm in Los Angeles. Ain't no Wawa now. Wawa that I'm... Thoughts, Tom. Send me some Wawa thoughts, please. Get a of course. one with cheese. A cheese. I would always go up and say beep boop boop because Wawa has a touch screen. They invented the touch screen at Wawa. Um. You go up and you do the touch screen to put your order. Now every one of these places has a touch screen. You used to go to Wawa I know. and people didn't know what to make of it. Touch screen. I want to just tell the person behind the counter what sandwich I want. <laughs> nah, you use the touch screen. So what's your go-to sandwich at Wawa, Matthew? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, first hmm. thought, first thought. Back when I... Back when I worked at Amazon, like in the warehouse, all I ever wanted when I got out on lunch break was like 
a Wawa roast beef sandwich with like mayo and tomato and salt and pepper when and I, like Matthew extra cheese. When I used to eat meat, which I don't anymore, haven't for a long time. Nobody, but nobody, was as big a fan as a roast beef sandwich with mayonnaise and pepper and tomato. Holy moly. Was that my, my favorite? Man. That was my favorite, Matthew. Ugh. Cheese is optional with it. You can't beat it. Cheese is optional. <laughs> I agree. But I you agree. can sometimes you gotta you gotta go take it all the way to the top with some cheese. <laughs> so to what do I do what to what do I owe the pleasure of this call, Matthew? Well, I've got one for the topic. Um, which is unexpected because like shrimper generally doesn't like it's not really a music video yeah. scene mm -hmm. but we do know that dennis kalachi and alan kalachi are camera ready because they were in that yola tango sugar cube video forever yes, ago yes they were on camera yes <laughs> so my uh my like pie in the sky is uh so discussic you like never did music videos Mm -hmm. Because I don't know, they were they were busy with other stuff, right? Sure. Yes. The great band Discothicue was on the Shrimper label, amongst other labels. Sonic Enemy it's was true. one of the labels they were on. Right. Let's go. And um, and I'm so, not messing uh, around, Matthew. That, uh, I'm not messing around. <laughs> Sonic oh. Enemy. There was the other yeah. one. There was the British cassette label. What, what's that one again? Oh, Traumatone? Traumatone. See? I'm messing around. So what Discothicue <laughs> video, what Discothicue song do you wish there was a video for? Okay. So on the fourth record, um, Waterworld, the one with the orange cover that was like mm -hmm. Shrimper number 86, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, so that one has a bunch more like up-tempo kind of stuff, including mm -hmm. Witness Protection Program, which is the, um, the one with the, oh, you're not on the radio anymore. Can we swear? Matthew, I'm going to say you can swear. Yeah. Okay. It's the one that starts with um with the, I've never seen so many stars in my whole fucking life. Whoa. You know? Whoa. I thought you were going <laughs> to say like, but or something. I thought you were going to say sorry. like rump. Blame I thought you were going to say something about like heck or rump. <laughs> No, Peter wasn't kidding around. We were having fun. No, Peter Hughes was not messing around. True. So, um, what? So, what I think for the video, and you can help me out, is because it's about like a couple who go into witness protection, and it's mm -hmm. like a fun song. Yeah. The video I think about for it would be like, I don't know who I don't know who could play the couple. It doesn't matter. But like Alan and Dennis are automatically very funny because Dennis is like a hundred feet tall and Alan is like me, like three apples high. Mm -hmm. And so like if the two of them were just in funny costumes, like obvious fake mustaches mm -hmm. and like they could even wear the same sunglasses they had on for yeah. Chicken Cube and we're yeah. just like following this couple around trying uh -huh. to kill them. I think it'd be very fun. What if we have them be like, wait, what, what's going on there? Why am I hearing talking? Why am I hearing talking? I, I'm hearing talking. Tech talk going. Talk. I believe we're good now. Thanks. Okay. Thank you. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I yelled. 
No worries. No, I apologize. I treated you like I treated that fella at the Bed Bath and Beyond, and I feel awful. Now, Matthew, <laughs> you heard that story, and I've worked retail so much of my life, which I think is why I reacted so uh, uh, twisted to that person because when you work retail eventually you have to wrap your head around the idea that this place ain't your friend these ain't your friends and if they're Amen. going out of business in two hours what do you care you got a customer in front of you who can't use a gift card and you're gonna you're gonna hold tight on that these things for 90 percent off these signs that say be savage every day or whatever they said <laughs> ask for forgiveness not permission <laughs> just say just take him just take him we're throwing all this crap out just take it get out of my face i think at the old joanne's the old joanne fabrics where i worked that would have been a situation where it's like oh those yeah no, I'm just going to go in the back for a minute and not be looking That's, out here on the shop floor for like, I don't know, five minutes. All I was asking if, if this kid said, I'm going to just tie my shoe. Yeah, exactly. And I'm not telling you to walk <laughs> out with these things, but I am going to tie my shoe and not look at you. That's all I'm saying. Just don't be a company. Exactly. These company, these company men, these right. company, it's a, right. what are we doing here? I hope your faith in Bed Bath & Beyond is serving you well now. <laughs> you tell him. Thank you, Matthew. So you, I think, what if Dennis and Alan Kalachi did like a Boris and Natasha thing like Bullwinkle and Rocky? We get them in trench coats. They're snooping around. Following. Oh, my God, Oh my God! This guy, the the droid cam R seven D three. She's got a screwdriver now and is aimed at Lance Burns. <laughs> oh no, Lance! Look out! This is very scary. It's very scary out there. We'll have Lance in in a couple minutes. Um, Matthew, what do you think about that? I think it's perfect. I think we can get Alan and Dennis in some trench coats and some big hats. And yes. I think also Franklin Bruno should just be playing a piano somewhere, clip some wire out, and go after one of them. I think we put Franklin Bruno on a giant slingshot. And we just launch him into the sky. This is all CG, though. He's going to be perfectly fine. And then he Phenomenal. Like falls like Mission Impossible style. Right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Matthew, you're one of my favorite callers. You call any time you want. You got it, Tom. Enjoy Philly. Have a have some uh, I will try. I will thank you the Wawa thought. Have some Wawa day. for me. Have some Wawa for me. Look, I know I'm being hard on the kid from Bed Bath and Beyond. I don't know what to say. Store's going out of business in two hours. I got a gift card that's worth something. <laughs> One more call, then we bring Lance Bangs in. Let's do that. Hello, Best Show. 
Hey, Tom, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. How, to whom am I speaking? This is Will in Boston, but I often call when I'm on travel, when I'm in Denver, and the time zones are a little bit easier. Ooh, yeah. A little difficult now, eh? Right. I, in your pajamas. Well, I mean, I got pajamas. Kids. Actually, yes, I am. You getting ready for bed? You have some hot cocoa? Eh, it's not hot. It's cold, and it's not cocoa. What is it? Stray vodka. No, it's just a gin and tonic. Gin and tonic, or as Billy Joel says, tonic and gin. Um, yeah, I don't know, but I that that that's like down the through line of your estimation of Billy Joel um, in many ways. Of like, meh. it's not the right name. No, I want to say this. When I flew back from London, I had a drink on the plane. I said, can I please get a coffee? And the, the, the flight attendant said, would you like some Baileys in that? And now I, I'm not a big Irish <laughs> coffee drinker. I, it never worked for me for whatever reason. It worked for me on this flight. Holy moly, was that good. Uh, was it a U.S. airline or was it a British airline? It was United. No kidding. And I Man, know they... United Sorry. gets a bum I... rap. United <clears throat> gets a bum rap, but I used to be a Continental Airlines person, and then United bought Continental. So yeah, my, business no got, Continental. my business got carried over to United Look, being a, you get these people, they act like these airlines are their friends or something. Oh, Delta's the best. Delta rule. It's like none of them rule. No, they're all terrible. They're, uh, they're all terrible. But I, I do have to admit that I have become a United man, <clears throat> pardon me, because of the, the <clears throat> Denver, their hub. Okay. And I'm trying to get, you know, preference. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But this is what I'm going to say. I want to give some advice to everybody listening. This is what you do. And this is coming from your friend Tom, and this ain't no joke. Pick an airline, pick a rental car company, sign up for the point thing. And if you got to get a credit card, get a credit card. That brings you the points to your airline for all your purchases. Make sure your credit card gets you the points for your airline. That way, when you use your credit card for non-flying things, you're starting to slowly rack up points. It's just that uh, way you have, you have some level of status at the rental car place and the airline to where you're not just, when something goes wrong... And you go to the counter, you can give your membership number. It might help you. Just pick one and try to buy your flights with that airline. Is that fair to say, Will? It's fair to me. Uh, can I? Uh, uh, so I have a quick question. Of course you do. Does the does the terminology of or the 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 terming of 
brother outside of wrestling lingo? Is that upsetting or is that endearing or neutral? In what way? You mean like in a uh, Cornell West way where he calls well, so everybody I've, brother, brother Brett and no. brother Andrew? No, it, it's more, it, it is like sort of a hat tip to WWE, but outside of WW or well, whatever they are now mm-hmm. um, in terms of, so I was going to say brother. Okay. I leaned all in to both of those rental and airline. And a little bit on the hotel. Okay. Do you have a United um, membership? hundred percent. Okay. hundred percent. And I have a good friend who was like, get the big credit card. It costs a lot. It does. But you need to start thinking about the lounge as a means to have access. That's to the other food. thing. You get passes for the lounge and you go in that lounge. I'll tell you this. If you go in the lounge and you're like, oh, what's the big deal? It's a lounge. I can sit in the chair. I'm going to go to the plane in 45 minutes. You wait till you got a four hour delay and you'll be praying to get in that lounge. Uh, yes. This is all of that. And like, there's sometimes I'm like, I'm going to do a little bit of work early. I'm going to just, I'm, you know, yeah. it's not a big deal. And this is I'm not fa- coffee. I, that's like, a- this is not fancy schmancy stuff either. This is very practical, manageable stuff. Just sign up for the membership yep. for the airline. And if you're going to get a credit card in your life, which most of us have to get at some point, search through and get a credit card that that is tied to the airline that gives you points. Yeah. It's very no, simple. I, the, oh, you got your lounge. Oh, you're so fancy. No, I'm not. You think I'm fancy? Preaching. Half the places I eat, I have to get a tray when I go to get the food. I'm holding a tray usually. <laughs> I gotta bust my own table. I'm, half the times I eat, it's like, is anybody sitting here? Well, and I, you know, I don't mean to be indelicate. I know you like to run a clean show, and I'm going to keep it clean. Mm-hmm. Um, but if my well, that toilet mouth like, Matthew changed everything. Well, I didn't want to do a callback there. Oh God, what do you want um, to say? <laughs> well, I was just going to say that the the facilities in the Hold on, wait, hold on, hold on. Someone in this freaking chat just said, I'm giving off Dave Ramsey vibes. No joke. In my notebook, the cool dudes list, we're going to start putting together. Number one, Dave Ramsey. I had written here already. Dave Ramsey in my notebook going into the show tonight. I was ready to talk about Dave Ramsey. Tom's giving off Dave Ramsey energy or whatever. Because I do want to start a list of cool dudes, and I want Dave Ramsey to be the first one on it. Well, I think it's your show. You get to give off Dave Ramsey vibes. I want to do the cool dudes list. Well, so maybe a throwback. So I listen typically to the after-recorded stuff. Would Ken be on the cool guy list? Ken, what Barbie and Ken? And, and, yeah, let me. I'm sorry. Let me. Uh, I apologize. Yes, I'm. I'm in the middle of finishing the 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 show that you saw Barbie. Okay. Um, and and th- so there's actually maybe two Kens I should reference. There was one that you saw in real life that sounded like a little bit terrifying, and then one that was. Oh yeah, yeah, screen. the real life Ken, and then the one Ryan Gosling 
uh, portrayed. I just want to say this about Barbie. You know, everybody knows I feel go woke, go broke. And we're showing everybody with this Barbie movie. You do these woke, you do these woke things. You're going to lose your shirt. Not going to make a cent. These woke projects like Barbie go woke, go broke. That's how it is. Barbie's learning the lesson right now. Barbie's learning the lesson right now. They only made a billion dollars in three weeks. You learn it. They're learning the lesson with Barbie. Go woke, go broke. Uh, yes. Applaud, applaud that moment. So yes, the cool um, dudes I, list. I'm putting that on ice. Go. Let's go back to your point about airlines. Please. It's all well, the floor is mine yours. was just that. You know, if you can't, if you can't beat them, join them. If we can't beat them, join them what, with airlines. Cause they yeah. all stink. Like, they all stink on just, some level. Pick one. Get as much cloud as you can with it. That's all I'm saying. And if that makes me Dave Ramsey, then I guess I'm put me on the cool guy to cool dudes list right alongside of them. Go Um, go broke. Do a little segue topic shift. Of course you can, Will. So maybe to stay on topic for and while show. will's talking I, maybe I, we can bring my esteemed guest into the studio not our oh, 7d3 our 7d3 she's be scaring me now you take your time will no i don't want to rush you man i well I, I just have two two points and i'll pop off and give you the the, the space you deserve thank you one with regards to videos Music videos, that is. I, th- I think it was Herbie Hancock, the walking mannequin legs. This was like. Herbie Hancock had a video called Rocket that you're talking about, where it was these robots were unhinged dancing around an apartment. Well. Right, remember that song? I, I was rocket. I was potentially too young, and I'm wasn't that young. But like yeah. the the imagery of these walking mannequin legs and fishnet stockings, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it was just um, unsettling. And it was. Are you saying it was, I don't want to put anything in your head, my friend. Was it stirring to you, if you know what I mean? No, it wasn't that. It was, feelings. It was more. You watched no, 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 this. no, no, no. This was so more, you're telling me, Will, this was, you watched the sexy legs in the Rocket video, and that's when you realized there was a whole other world out there. Is that fair to say? No, no, it was, no, it was more like the dogs and the thing when they sort of melded up Ugh. and it, like oh. it created some, something. And I was like, Oh my God, what is happening? The dogs and the thing. I hated that scene. That is, I watched that also when I was too young. I hated, yeah. <laughs> you can't watch the thing when you're too young. 
No, what you're trying good. to say. Hey, so. What's that? Please, no, go ahead. What you're trying to say is you thought that the rocket video had sexy robots in it. It Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Um, now, I want to just say this. All I can think of now is imagining, because MTV was so huge when the rocket video came out. I'm just imagining some kid saying, Herbie Hancock, and they go to the record store, say they buy two Herbie Hancock records. One with Rocket on it, and the other one, like Watermelon Man. And then they're just like, what's this other crap? This is jazz. <laughs> headhunters. They bring headhunters on Right? Some kid just like, yeah, yeah I got one as a robots and the thing, but I listened to the other one. It sounds like music that uh, my uncle likes. <laughs> this is the right. I have to listen yeah. to this when I go over there for dinner. Yeah. <laughs> Who's... Yeah, kid. Now a kid has to find out about Joe Z- Zwanwol, Zwanwol, right? Jocko. <laughs> Some kid learned about Jocko Pastorius. Well, but I do like to listen to Jocko, but I understand the reference, right? <laughs> kid. Next thing you know, the kid's got Spyro um, Gyro albums, right? He's asking Santa well, for Spyro Gyro. He rips off all the clefs uh, or the what, whatever you call them. Um, I'm not that musical. So it's a, a fr- frets, rips off all the frets. You mean his fretless um, bass, Jocko? Yes, exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Turns their fretted yeah. bass into a fretless yeah. bass, much the horror of. Yeah. Or like the guy from uh, Level 42. Remember that dude? He had a fretless bass. Oh, yeah. I mean, I respect it, but it's. I'm pro it's, fret. I just got to say. I fret. Well, you my, know what I'm, it's I'm like. Pro, I'm a I'm a fan of the emotion of fretting, and I'm a fan of the, the instruments with frets on them. This is, it, a, this is not a no fret culture. Thing. What's that now? I was going to say the fretless is akin to a uh, uh, bicycle pedal bicycle culture. Of it's it's fixed. It's a fixie. Yeah, and and there's like a. An attitude. These maniacs with those bikes, those fixed speed bikes. No, I don't even ride a bike, and I'm against them. I don't ride bikes. I ride a no. car. <clears throat> a car is the evolution I, of a bike, right? Yeah. No, I take your point. I have a brother who tried to uh, impact the evolution of car, mm-hmm. of cars in general, with like not like TED level quality talks. Told them my family that they were TED Talks, but they were not TED Talks, and it was it, it was awkward. Do you think they ever considered a scene in the movie TED of TED doing a TED Talk? A hundred percent. You're wrong. Goodbye. It's very harsh here. I have every draft of TED and TED Two. They never considered having TED do a TED Talk. I am joined in the studio. Now, this guest, what doesn't this person do? Writer, director. He's, you know what he is? He's the glue. He's the glue that holds a hundred scenes together. My friend and your friend. If he's, there's two kinds of people with Lance Bangs. Lance's friends 
from the people who have who haven't met Lance yet. Lance Banks, how are you, Lance? I'm very well. I'm so happy to be here. Oh, it's so exciting to see you. What's going on? I uh, just flew down to Los Angeles to be here for this and do some press, and then we have a feature film coming out. Yeah, it's uh, it's the the uh, the Elephant Six movie. Yeah, and it's uh, you produced it. And for people who don't know, Elephant Six. Just to, how would you? I played some Olivia Tremor control to start the show. I played from, something from Dusk at Cuba's Castle. How would you describe that scene to somebody who knows nothing about it? Yeah, essentially, some friends in high school in Ruston, Louisiana, sort of at the in their childhood at the tail end of the 1980s, beginning of the 1990s, they scattered. Three of them came to Athens, Georgia. One of them went out to Colorado, mm-hmm. and they started working. You know food service or basic jobs or just getting by in Athens, living in group houses, making different bands with overlapping members and putting out cassette recordings and seven inch recordings and having all sorts of creative work coming out. So there's Nutramilk Hotel, which was Jeff Mangum's project, Mm -hmm. Synthetic Flying Machine, Cranberry Lifecycle, Olivia Tremor Control, The Apples in Stereo. And that kind of kept growing and spiraling to other overlapping groups. And so you know, there's of Montreal and the gerbils mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Marshmallow Coast and, and just tons of uh, inventive, creative bands in the 1990s. It sounded maybe guitar based, interesting lyrics. Mm-hmm. And the sort of classic album that came out of that was probably In the Airplane Over the Sea by Nutramilk Hotel. Yeah. Um, the set, their second yeah. album. Yeah. And then Jeff Mangum, the primary force in that group, sort of... Uh, didn't follow it up with like another studio album Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of kind of questioning or intrigue about like what he was up to or what he was, you know. Yeah. He checked out. Yeah. Right at the kind of the moment where everybody else would be like, well, what, what are you about to level up? And he just stepped away. Yeah. And we were roommates at that time and I'd been filming, uh, you know, all the rehearsals and things going on and live Mm -hmm. performances and early versions of songs. And, uh, I would say like in the mid 2000s, different people started trying to take some of that footage and make something structured out of it. Okay. We were all, the people in Athens are pretty reclusive. Like there aren't really promotional music videos of the Mm -hmm. Tremor Control or photo shoots where you see everybody's face. Like everyone was pretty. It was a lot. For somebody who was living in New Jersey and was obsessed with the music, it was kind of a scene that... Truly, to quote Joe Perry, the music did the talking. (laughs) Like you didn't know who any of these people were. Yes. It was just, and it was clearly by design. Every photo was blurry. Every photo, somebody's wearing a rabbit mask. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Or it was just some sheet over their head. (laughs) Yes. Um, It really was, it forced me to just focus on the artwork and the music. Yeah. And it was just clearly again, like by design. And so, but, but in terms of who the personnel were, it was just a complete question mark to me. Yeah. But that was kind of exciting that it wasn't in a world where it's always like, like image first and know my name first. Right. It was just like, they seemed truly content with the idea of of just like you can know who we are or not, but you know the name of our band. Yes. 
And that's what mattered. A lot of the work and, you know, you mentioned the artwork, the visual elements and the music were made pre-internet exposure. And then their audience kind of built in the early internet access Mm -hmm. age. So you would, you know, search online and find a forum and find out like, what is Beulah like? Or what is Marshmallow Coast like? Or Mm -hmm. whatever. That were things that were affiliated under that umbrella of the Elephant Six recording company. Yeah, the internet was good to... um just track the through lines with yeah. things just from a strict uh, catalog standpoint. But everything was still in, it was still just a blurry mystery. Exactly. Yeah. And like you said, deliberately so for most of the people, the kind of Athens, Georgia contingent were, were not that self-promoting. Mm-hmm. Um, so over time, there's just like a lot of great footage that got shot while the liver tremor control were working on what would have been their next album. Unfortunately, uh, one of the the key figures, one of the guys from Ruston, Louisiana, um, passed away kind of unexpectedly. Yeah. And, you know, that sort of brought things into focus for me. And the footage that existed of him working on what would have been new material was sure was really important. There's a filmmaker, uh, C.B. Stockfleth, who had gone and kind of shot footage while they were okay. working on that. And No, I don't want to take you too far. I yeah, want yeah. you to see. But as an aside... What was the, there was still a pretty sizable gap uh, on the timeline between the second album and what would have been the third album. Yeah. And just uh, like in a nutshell, what was that, what was that detour about? I think everyone in Athens kind of went through the strangeness of the the massive attention that came after in the airplane over the sea and people kind of coming to town and knocking on our door, trying to find Jeff or, you know, turning up at every offshoot and hoping that certain members would be secretly performing in a new, you know, version of things mm-hmm. or whatever. And then, you know, just sort of like high school and junior high best friends, like at some point you get annoyed with being in the van with, sure. with everybody. No, you need and to, you're all, you know, you're all living in a group house and and you're just on top of, yes, each, other. On top of each other. And they were also two as Will and Bill. Yes. Right? Correct. Yeah. And they were two very different people who kind of their their differences and their and their their yeah, their Uniqueness processes combined to make that band. Yes, my favorite of all of the. Yeah, that scene absolutely because it really was like truly half experimental, half just like the best pop music. Yeah, happening just colliding absolutely. So, so they were kind of they needed to figure out who they were apart from each other. Is that yeah, fair to say? It was definitely time to kind of like each go deeper into their own instincts of you know mm-hmm. Will Cullen Hart, the visual artist, and. And music, the way that you described it, sort of like, you know, rewinding tapes and like yeah, you know, yeah. noises and, mm-hmm. and sounds of things getting kind yeah. of uh, mutated and, and yeah. fragmented. And then uh, the kind of classic songwriting strengths of, of Bill Doss um, definitely combined to like some of the strengths of what was so amazing about those Olivia Tremor Control songs and releases and live performances. Mm-hmm. So they kind of they took they kind of hit pause, yeah, went they, down their respective paths, exactly. and they were kind of reconfig, re, like reconnecting with it, yeah. When he passed, exactly, away. yeah. So, so that's where that that was their their story. So there was people. There was a lot of footage. There's footage of the third album being yeah. recorded, and you shot a ton of stuff over the years. Yeah. Clearly. How did this? Who who was? What was the first inkling that there's a a, a documentary I, in all of this? I gotta say, there were multiple times, like once the sort of early two thousands, like Indiegogo, Kickstarter pledge, mm-hmm. whatever. There were multiple people that would take copies of my footage, which I'd been kind of 
giving out to band members, but mm -hmm. we were trying to keep things fairly quiet or not tell all the secrets or whatever. And people would be like, you know, I'm making a documentary about mm -hmm. whatever. Yeah. And it wasn't until Robert Schneider from the Apples and Stereo uh, met a filmmaker named C.B. Stockfleth and sort of gave him the blessing to start, you know, going and, and doing some interviews with people and sort of getting things mm -hmm. uh, structured. And he was there filming some of the stuff with uh, Will Cullen Hart and Bill Doss, okay. working on what would have been the third Olivia's record and interviews with people at that time. Um, and a really great filmmaker and probably friend of yours, uh, Rob Hatch Miller. Yes. Uh, was the one that for me sort of stepped into like, how do we take this material and turn it into a more satisfying um, structured film and, and get Lance's mm -hmm. footage from having been there and, and, and stewardship of, of making mm -hmm. a version that people would be comfortable with and that people in the bands would give their blessing to sort of telling as much as we want to tell of. Sure. Because it, there's a th whole thing of, it's such a sticky thing with documentaries because it's just like ostensibly you're there to tell the truth about yeah. a thing, but you're also there to, because of the artistry and the, and the, what the people made, which wasn't reliant on the truth to exist. Right. It was kind of, it's, it's kind of not reliant on the truth. It's reliant on building, building your own truth. Yeah. Which, I mean, I guess is its truth in itself. But it's not based on the real world and the day in and day out part of the real world. It's a, it's building your own fantasy land through music and through art. And so you need to be, well, you tell me what you, what, where are your, where, what do you feel are the responsibilities going into this then? Since there are these kind of poles uh, with, with, uh, with, a documentary is supposed to tell the actual story of something and not just be a, you know, and, and it's, it, in its worst form, the, the things end up being like electronic, like EPKs. Like they're right. like when, and for that's people, that's just basically a promotional tool for a thing. And obviously you didn't do that. No. But, but that's, but you can do that or you can just be like truth, 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 truth. And then you, Kind you of up, smother you, the magic yeah. of you end up you thinking less of Van Morrison at the end of it. <laughs> exactly. So there is. It's like you kind of have. There are two poles, and yeah. you're trying to exist between them. Yeah, I love making something that that at the time that you're shooting on whatever film format or video format exists when those bands are working on material, that ends up being part of the aesthetic of 1993 and of 1998 and of 2004, mm -hmm. like the different looks and lighting that people had in their houses and things that are on the wall and the sound of the microphones on that era of equipment becomes part of a sense memory of like, Oh God. Yes. I like, yeah, I was more into yellow tango at that time, but I totally know what this, a live show at, at this kind of room felt like mm -hmm. when this footage comes up. Yeah. And that's something that I love that, that sort of you just as a viewer kind of get hit with waves of, of that when you're watching something that spans this kind of a era and time. I love kind of the personalities that excite me of the characters that are making things creatively and seeing the smile of Dan Donahue or the excitement of Angie Grass's eye and her filmmaking and and all those people that I adored and championed that were in that scene to sort of share fragments of of their great work mm -hmm. in the context of this film while telling a narrative story underneath that, like having a, a three-act structure and sort of like being intrigued, learning more, seeing yeah. conflict and having it play out or where do things go next. Um, that balance of finding all those different satisfying threads and, and making them into something that is like a, 
a rewarding piece to watch is is it a very rewarding process yeah but it's a tight it's a tightrope yeah. walk also yeah. and also just i'm not going to breeze past rob hatch miller rob's uh, uh one of my uh dearest friends and all the videos i've made rob has been a the produce rob yeah. and paloma have produced so yeah i'm i'm I was so excited that you and Rob were behind making getting this to where it existed. Yeah, he he's a tremendous person and all of his kind of good qualities as a human being end up going into the film and and the the will that people have to help him or mm-hmm. to manifest the things that he wants to get done yeah. is something you definitely feel and pick up on. I'm glad that you made all those projects with him. Yeah, no, I couldn't have done any of this stuff without Rob and Paloma um but there just is that point because these things don't exist if somebody doesn't really care. Yeah. Like, like nothing, nothing gets made if somebody doesn't say, I'm just going all the way down the line with this thing yeah. and I'm ready to kind of get hurt yeah. and suffer. And the first time I get frustrated, I'm not going to walk away or take a break. It's just like, you've got to keep going. And so the, I mean, so when you have a story that took place, you know, relatively long ago, yeah, it uh, it feels like one of those things where you better, like, it's only going to be harder to tell it with as time passes. Yeah, like it's not going to get easier because yeah. people start to, you know, literally pass away or yeah. or drop out of the thing, and you can't find them, and then yeah. footage doesn't get gets lost yeah, somebody oh move, i know somebody shot that but you never find it yeah, someone moves one time too many and it yeah. gets left behind at the exactly the monroe street house or whatever. that's exactly it so so you did it kind of it's kind of the right time in a way because there's enough of a distance from it to be like hey this was a special thing yeah that we can see the entirety of it now we're not telling it midstream right. like i mean you remember like all the stuff in the early 90s it was it was kind of weird that like like the year that punk broke yeah. in a way because it was still happening. It still hadn't shook out yet. Yeah. And it's like, and I mean, I guess there's a, there's a, there's something to telling something as it's going on, but it also, it's nice to get that little bit of distance yeah. can, can let you actually tell the thing. And maybe also not like p- people sometimes fall under the spell of the moment and you can now have a little bit of that cushion that you can see things that maybe since you were there, you can you can see a little with a little more perspective. Yeah, I was already kind of making things among other music scenes and cultures mm-hmm. and had already been like filming Nirvana and Pavement and yeah. R.E.M. and Slint and that kind of crop of things. So when these people that were just like in your town that, mm-hmm. you know, would go test out new songs at at the vegetarian restaurant. Yeah. It was like, wow, this is another thing that's cropping up. That's exciting and going on. At what point were you surprised where it's like, this isn't just, uh, good. Like this is something's really going on here. What was the point where you were just like, hold on a second. No, this is as, this is as valid as what anybody is doing and can go toe to toe with what anybody's doing. Yeah. It really was Jeff Mangum's songwriting and, and voice that, cut through everything else to me and felt not just like, you know, sixties psychedelia mm-hmm. throwback kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but felt like, Oh no, this is, this is some like astral weeks, uh, drone mm-hmm. 
like there's something internal yeah. storminess that's going on that's that's coming through here. And yet he's like a warm personality that's like everyone wants to go talk to him afterwards, but he's he's heading into places with his where he's heading inside his mind that are pretty gripping and fascinating and compelling. Yeah, it is that thing with certain people, they just seem like they're it's not putting down everybody else because it's like they seem like they're just like more than human almost yeah. like like I always feel like I'm just grinding this stuff out and I'm like I I have not been touched by the by the hand of God or anything like that I just feel like I show up I put the work in mm-hmm. and it's just like that's my thing but there's these other people there's only one of them usually walking through any scene yeah. where they've got it yeah and everybody else's can be as great as they can be but there's something that they're just they're uh, they're mortals and humans yeah and it it elevated everyone's work how friendly and collaborative that group of people were that robert schneider and jeff mangum and will cullen hart and bill doss and and john and all these people and and scott that all came out of ruston louisiana together Mm -hmm. and primarily came to athens and made friends among the other athens characters Mm -hmm. and people and and really lit everyone's brains on fire with like kind of getting together socially to do potlucks and cut up audio cassette and dump it into bowls and then mm-hmm. tape it together and run it through yeah. tape machines and yeah. just all these like physical tactile making of things, taking mm-hmm. old fabrics and building giant costumes and sets. And and it didn't feel like the dumb excesses of like, because at that time there's a lot of like baby boomer nostalgia for the 60s. You've got like, Here's the new Jim Morrison poster. Here's the new Doors yeah. movie. Here's a this felt like young weirdos taking cast off items and making stuff from it and getting excited about like a Beatles record or whatever, but not in a mm-hmm. not in like a hot not, topic. Not, not in a, like a willfully retro way. Yeah. And I mean, because this is the truth of the matter, is it just um it's just Beatles records aren't anywhere near as messy as this no. stuff was. And that's <laughs> the point of this stuff was just like, we're doing what we can with what we've got. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's really one of those things on the other side. That's when you, something special was happening. Was there a moment where you're just like, Oh, this is starting to, was it the second neutral milk hotel album where this is like, this is like the because it can only these things can only go for a finite amount of yeah. time in that level of purity where everybody has a potluck and they're yeah. cutting tapes up. It's because after a while, it's just inevitable that new people come in and yeah. they want they want to be a part of the thing without having grown with the thing. And it's just it's just not it's not as pure. It can't things can't stay pure. It it really did for longer than you might imagine in mm-hmm. Athens. Like because there are great people in town who are doing unusual bands before those guys came from Ruston. So there's a great band called Elf Power that yeah. Andrew Rieger and Laura Carter and and people had that just fit and clicked when those people showed up. They all it made sense that they would all collaborate and and mm-hmm. have friendships within each other and and make music together and be on stage at the same time and tour together and a lot of other Athens characters that really, you know, were ready for combining with those forces. And, sure. and it, it did last so much longer than you might imagine if it had been in like 
Pittsburgh or somewhere else where people are more ruthless, maybe. Mm -hmm. Like it was so much about like Look, these how Pittsburgh can... people are ruthless. <laughs> yes, exactly. Weird, weird. Yeah, like you would run into those guys Manny and the, the drummer are... would be like sabotaging other bands. <laughs> you know uh, what I'm talking about. Yeah. No, so, <laughs> yes, so uh in in Athens it really was like, how do we get all ten of our bands on the bill at the mm -hmm. 40 watt? Like we're yeah. we're also gonna let her do five songs. <laughs> sure. <laughs> like, yeah. It's, it's so it it stayed pure for longer than yeah, because yeah. I'm not I'm used to the thing being just like, yeah, this changed. <laughs> no, <laughs> that moment, and I've experienced it in a with just music stuff. I experienced it with comedy stuff. Yeah. Like there was a version of things with the UCB theater when that stuff was. I'm telling, like when it was started, it was just for the funny stuff, and it yeah. was all about the funny stuff. The second that people started getting on television it kind of changed yeah. because now people are showing up saying like, Oh, this is the path to get on television. Right. And it's just by that point, it's like, it might, it might not be worse, it, but it's definitely gonna be different. And I remember that the, just the energy on that when suddenly there's like people who are just like, who's that guy? <laughs> and it's just like, Oh, he, they just want to get on television. And it's just like, it wasn't about just because there was such a purity to that, that, uh, you know, did go away quicker than you would have liked. There's a chance I'm an overly romanticizing positive person about things that I get excited about mm -hmm. and that maybe there was more treachery than I'm aware of, but like, it really felt like you, you've been around enough stuff that I feel you can, yeah. you've got a radar for treachery. <laughs> Even if you're not the one being treacherous, you've seen enough treacherous sure. people to go like, mm, there it is. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, yeah, the tell how can people see the movie? So, it is an actual like feature film. It's called The Elephant Six Recording Company and it's genuinely got national distribution in North America right now, which is amazing to mm -hmm. me. Like it's in movie theaters starting August 25th, like mm -hmm. you know, 30 to 40 cities. It you can sure. go buy a ticket and sit in a theater and watch it projected. That's wild. Which is amazing. Like it's it's yeah. So great. And I'm so happy that people are going to get a chance to see it. Now, are people showing up the way they've been showing it to Barbie? Or are they showing up with <laughs> beards with no mustache <laughs> exactly. to the theater to just get into the spirit of it? And they're or bringing like a horn with them. Yeah, they're bringing like a, a crazy horn with a, a stuffed song. animal at the end of it. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's like they're getting to the Barbie. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, Greenwich Media is, in, is releasing it nationally and also in Canada. And so in a lot of cities, you can go, you know, on August 25th, go see it projected. And we would love it if people bought tickets to do that. Uh, a week or so after that, it will be available on the normal like Apple, I, mm -hmm. you know, and Amazon Prime and those kind of places to sure. rent or download or or purchase. What has it been like to see? Have you seen it in a theater? Yeah, we've, we've done a lot of good, like it, it played it a number of great festivals in the past. And we also took it to Athens to show for a lot of the people that were in it. And it plays really well. Like it's just like a well-made, there's a great editor, Greg King, who is from Louisville, Kentucky bands. He was in the Rachels and he's worked a lot with your friend, Rob Hutchmiller as an editor. Yeah. And they did the other music documentary a couple of years ago. And um, he just really put years of work into it and really. It's, it's so funny. You said, it's like, who's on first. You were like, then they did the other music documentary. Yeah. I'm just like, well, which documentary? <laughs> And you're right. like, the other music one. I was like, well, which one? Yes, right. Like, other music. No, I know there's other music, Lance, but which one is it? It, You've been set it up was time. truly, I'm not joking, 
10 seconds, I was, I was like, well, which documentary is he talking about? I know there's other music documentaries. There's hundreds of them. So even now that happens. So yes, Rob, the Rob did the other, Rob did the other, other capital O M other music documentary. The documentary about the beloved New York city yes. record store. Yeah. Yeah, so so people can say so in theaters has it yeah, been fun it, to see? It's been great. Thing? Like it's good to go hear it loud and see people jumping around and see the beautiful Super Eight that you shot blown up large. Yeah. And it really is again like even if you didn't follow those records at that time, there is something about watching footage that was shot in those conditions, the same place you saw Guided by Voices or mm-hmm. Sebado or whatever else that is like, oh my god, we're back at that venue again, and here's how everyone was dressed and. Here's what the lighting was like and what microphones sounded like. And mm-hmm. it's, I don't know, it's a great story and, and amazing characters, even if you weren't buying Marshmallow Coast records sure. at the time. So how would, what would you tell people who, I mean, I guess uh, the second Neutral Milk Hotel album is like the, that's the gateway album for yeah. a lot of people. What would it be other uh, markers you would recommend people check out if this is a complete uh I think mystery to that. You and I are both very fond of the Liver Tremor Control records. Yeah. Uh, two proper albums and then some other kind of compilations of singles and yeah. John Peel sessions and things like that. Because that album, people, I just want to, that album like fell from the sky and it's long. It's like a huge statement of an album. It's like if you're, imagine if a band's, a band's like, hey, our new album, our first album is a double album and deal with all of this. Yeah. And that's what that felt like. And there's going to be rewarding melodies, and there's also going to be challenging. Yes, there's the green typewriters section of the album where it's just like I'm still working through that part. <laughs> um, no, but that's the beauty of that. It's like the, it's just like it was everything. There really was like an everything, but the kitchen sink kind of energy to to yeah. them. So you'd say dusk at Cubis Castle, in the airplane over the sea. What's like another one? You I feel? love the band Elf Power. Mm-hmm. Um, they had an early record called "When the Red King Comes" as one of my favorite songs. When the arrow flies close, mm-hmm. um, but you know, there's like great catchy songs by the Gerbils, which is Scott Spillane, who was in Neutral Milk Hotel and played horn on all sorts of stuff, and was like a, a great character from Rustin. And there's all the great stuff that um, the Apples and Stereo did, kind of like catchy, up tempo pop songs that people love and. We're putting together for the Los Angeles premiere, which is happening on the 11th coming up, up at the Barnsdale Art Theater. Mm-hmm. The, like, is a park overlooking, you know, this neighborhood of, of the east side of Hollywood that mm-hmm. you wouldn't notice it driving by. But once you're up there, you're, like, looking over at the Hollywood uh-huh. sign. And, uh-huh. and there's this, like, Frank Lloyd Wright buildings and this great, like, theater up there. Uh, we're going to have musicians performing a bunch of these songs. And the kind of younger people in their 20s that are, you know, putting out music now – they're so much more into not neutral milk, but like, oh, we want to really cover this Beulah song or we yeah. want to do like, yeah. you know, an outtake from. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. There was so much of it and there was every stripe of what you might have wanted that anybody who was interested even remotely in that type of sound could find their band. Yeah. And there was just because there was a point that logo would be on a record and to be just like, oh, I can buy this. And then there was just a point where they're just like, I can't afford like, yeah, to just buy anything with that logo on 18 it. 18 new going, releases yeah, this week. Exactly. Like, You're just like, I don't even know 
which way is up anymore with yeah. it, which is kind of, I guess it's how everything goes. Like there was a point where every suddenly there's six SST albums yeah. a week also. And you're just not, you just, I can't keep up with this. Yeah. How many gone albums yeah. can I buy this month? There was some weird stuff in 86 <laughs> on SST. Yeah. No, there's Tom Tricoli's dog yes. <laughs> records and, yeah, it uh well the documentary is great. It Thanks. really is. I enjoyed it so much and it was nice to see kind of this scene that was very music based and like I said was pretty much a mystery to me kind of defined in a way that still leaned toward the music and yeah. not toward like you know sort gotcha yeah. stuff. Yeah. So um now Lance, we uh have been talking about uh, music videos and you've directed a ton of music videos i've directed a handful of music videos um there's so many songs that there's no music video for and people have been suggesting songs like what would you do for certain music videos like for certain songs to what would be the music video for certain songs we're gonna i want to talk to you about that we'll take calls and hear what people have to say about that i just want to tell a story real quick uh, I hope you're. I hope you don't have anywhere to be. Do you? Do you have somewhere to no, be? No, I'm happy to okay, be here. Good. Thank you. That's the right answer. Um, the other day, uh, I went to a wolf sanctuary, and it's in. It's about. It was about an hour outside of Los Angeles, the middle of nowhere. You're going through the hills, and it's like. It's like every, and you start to realize, like when you go through those hills, that um, people like riding motorcycles through those hills, and they, the thing they don't like is cars driving normally through the hills. So I just kept getting tailed by motorcycles. It was like um, it was like an episode of Barry almost with these maniacs on motorcycles telling me. So we get finally we get to this place. Wolf Connection is what it's called. And they rescue wolves because people, human beings, like to think they can have wolves as pets. And this goes for everybody. You can't. You cannot have a wolf as a pet. You're only going to end up contacting Wolf Connection to help you as the wolf <laughs> destroys your home. <laughs> because they told stories where they're like, because there's... There's no such thing as like a pure wolf anymore. They're all they're called like wolf dogs because dogs and wolves have mostly cross-pollinated to where they're wolf dogs that are more dog than wolf and are more wolf than dog. And there's certain giveaways, the color of the fur, the color of the eyes. Like you see a wolf with dark eyes, that's a dog, that's dog in the wolf. Wolves have the lighter eyes. So there's people who be like, oh, I got one. It's it's most it's more dog than wolf, and it's cool. Great. I'll get a second one. And they get one that's way too much like a wolf, then they're in trouble. So just don't get a don't get a wolf dog. Just go get a dog. Um it's me, it's Julia, and Julia did this as a very sweet surprise. I didn't know we were going to see wolves, so it was a nice surprise, and it's and all these other people from all walks of life want to see the wolves and the wolf tour. So we they bring us in and we're all sitting in the 
Don't show the photo yet. Don't show the photos yet. Nobody can see that, right? Nobody can see the wolf photo yet. I took a picture of a wolf attacking a child that I'm going to... No, it's, it's not. I'm going to make it sound more exciting than it was. I saw a wolf kill two children. But I have photos and get ready. Um, now, we're all sitting in this circle, about 10 people. And the guy is organizing things like, thanks for coming. And everybody get... See, see, somebody in the chat writes, cool wolf photo. And I know they're winding me up. Right, Andrew? They're totally winding They're winding. Up. Why would you wind me up? I'm supposed to be your friend. Cool wolf photo. Uh, I tell you. Mean. Mean. This is what I get for picking on that kid at Bed Bath & Beyond. I deserved that. All I said to the kid was, what, are you going to get fired? Because he wouldn't, the store was going to go out of business in two hours. Whatever. We've litigated that enough. We're sitting in a circle, about a dozen of us. And something scarier than any wolf happened. The guy says, let's all go around in a circle and say your name. And with one word, say what you're looking to experience. And I don't know why this is truly the scariest thing for 10 to be in a circle of 10 or 12 people. This is my ultimate terror is to be in a circle with a dozen people and have to say my name and and with one word, what I'm ho how I feel about today circle goes around and I'm feeling it. I've got five people to go. I got four to go. Oh, I got three to go. I'm just like, finally, it's like, oh, I'm Tom, and I'm uh, excited. Terror, excited. Wow, great. <laughs> great addition to the circle. Then the lady next to me goes, my name's so-and-so, and I could come up with any word for today, but I'm just looking to get some wolf kisses today. <laughs> and I'm like, this lady just, first of all, I was like, oh, no, you're that person with the wolf. You're like, because she asked, it's like, do you give the wolves Kongs filled with peanut butter? We're like, no, that's for dogs. So I'm just like, is this lady going to be weighing in on the wolves? She wasn't. She was a very sweet lady. I'm not going to throw her under the bus if she's listening. She's not listening. Um, she's like, and I'm like, yeah, you know what? I want to get some wolf kisses. They bring these wolves out. So they're like, well, we're going to go meet the wolves in the in the that we have in the preserve where they have their own um, their own enclosures. But we're going to bring two wolves out now. They walk this wolf around in a circle. First of all, these wolves are these are rough stuff. I ain't messing with no wolves. These things are three times as big as the a dog. Long legs. Like, meant to, like, go after people, or not even people, anything. But these are wolves that they rescued, and they keep them, and they keep them alive, and they make, keep them healthy, and they don't breed them. They don't adopt them back out again. If they take in a wolf, and they had, like, 40 wolves there, then they're keeping the wolf for the rest of that wolf's life. So they bring the wolf around, goes around, so they're like, don't touch the wolf's head 
Just you can touch the side of the wolf, put your hand out for the wolf to sniff. This wolf comes around the circle, goes up. It's given like smooches to like half the people, like alternating. It was like duck, duck, goose or something with a wolf. Wolf's coming by, sees Julia, gives Julia a couple smooches. I'm like, I'm next. That wolf goes right past me. Then goes to the lady who asked about the wolf smooches, gives her like a hundred wolf smooches. And now I'm feeling like, am I going to get a freaking wolf kiss here? Then they take us and we see all the wolves in the enclosures. And it's really impressive. And they're, they're beautiful animals. And you get a real feel for them. And they're very, they're, these are like, I'll say one thing about wolves. They ain't doing anything they don't want to do. A wolf is doing what a wolf wants to do. So, seeing all the wolves. And then they're like, okay, we're going to go. It's like after an hour or so. They're like, okay, we're going to go sit in this uh, shady enclosure with a babbling brook. And it will bring two more wolves out. And I'm saying to myself... I know I got to give off good energy or I'm never going to get a wolf to give me a smooch. But I want this. I'm giving off death. So I'm coming off desperate now. Like hat in hand. I'm coming off like. So we're sitting. In a circle again. And the guy says again, what are the expansions? I'll give another word. I was like. Uh, amazing. Whatever <laughs> word. It's, I was so bad at it. Um, how did you feel about meeting the wolves? Amazing. Just don't put me in those circumstances. I'm always going to clench up. Excited. Amazing. I could talk to, I could do a thing. This show right now I'm doing in front of tens of thousands of people. I'm not nervous about nothing. 10 people in a circle. Then I'm like, (laughs) I don't know what that is. I got to. So we're sitting around. Wolf comes around. The first wolf was a puppy. Adorable. This wolf had no time. Well, this first of all, there was an older wolf comes around, and then the puppy was imitating the older wolf. Older wolf goes right by me. Puppy right by me. Giving smooches left and right to other people. Oh. Oh, but then they take a second pass with the wolves. This wolf's going around the circle again, coming my way. And I got four pictures we're about to show. Show the first picture. Please. That's a wolf giving me a smooch. I got one smooch from a wolf. Look at that wolf's tongue. And I was so happy. And I'm wearing my wolf shirt. I wore a wolf shirt. A little on the nose, but I don't care. What a wolf preserve. That wolf gave me a smooch, and then the wolf kept walking away. Like that. I was so excited. I got a picture of a smooch from a wolf. So I just want to say... If you want to check out wolves, go check this uh, this uh, place out. It's really pretty amazing. 
And it's also just that they're, it's a, they're trying to stay in business and help rescue as many wolves as possible. So, yes. Did I get a smooch from a wolf? Yes, I did. Let's uh, go to the phones. Let's see what's going on. 201-989-0012 is the number. If you have any videos you want to see, like what's a song there should have been a video for, and we'll help make we'll help come up with the video now. Or you tell me what the video would be for a thing. 201-989-0012. And the uh the uh you can also ask about uh Elephant Six, the documentary. We got Lance here and look he'll, he's this guy's got a hundred things he's done jackass how was that fourth jackass movie for you <laughs> we did it during covid yeah there were complications within the cast mm-hmm. it was uh a blast it was a joy to be making something mm-hmm. with friends during that whole time period yeah. but a very strange process what's one of the what's one of the days where you're just like this is right up there with anything we've ever done we this thing in a basement where they turned all the lights off and there was like a loose rattlesnake oh. and like you just see yeah. the true yeah. dynamics of how people deal in that situation and all the sort of you know friendships go out the window and people are like <laughs> yes. using each other as human shields yeah like, suddenly it's just like yeah it's me versus you <laughs> yes. all of a sudden yeah. well because there's that saying where if you're in the ocean with your friend um and a shark comes. You don't have to swim faster than the shark. You just have to swim faster than your friend. Yes. So that's like, that is just, yeah. And I'll say this. When I saw this Jackass Forever, everybody in the theater was so excited to another, finally another Jackass movie. I never saw an audience turn harder against (laughs) Machine Gun Kelly and root for him to get punched by the thing into the pool. It what do you was mean, turn against who went into it not already wanting to see him. No, get- but I mean, as soon as that turning, as soon <laughs> yes. as they saw him on yes. the screen, they were like, hurt him, hurt <laughs> him. Like they were just like, because it was like him and like Steve O yes. and stuff, but they did not want to see Steve O get whomped. No. They were just like, please let it be, <laughs> let it be Machine Gun Kelly. It was amazing <laughs> to see an audience unite in like praying that he's the one that gets thumped. I'm glad we delivered for you. Yeah, and he did get thumped. So if you want to see that, even if you hate Jackass, <laughs> but you hate Machine Gun Kelly more, you should see the movie. <laughs> no, that was really a fun. It was so exciting to see another one. And uh, do we ever get a fifth one? Is ever we? I I worked on a a TV show with Knoxville and Eric Andre and mm-hmm. Gabriel Sidibe that's on. That's ABC right. right I have now. not seen that yet. The prank. We got some amazing footage. Like we, okay. you know, it was like less COVID restrictions. Not everyone that you're filming is wearing a mask. Like, you know, we could sure. prank the public more yeah. now. And so all the kind of ideas and fun things that Knoxville and Eric Andre have been like ramping up in their own dynamic, we were able to execute with like the backing of ABC and, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. all that to make. And so yeah. that's running currently. So that's kind of like. The current iteration of that, the spirit I think that of- that spirit of that thing of wanting to do pranks in the public that were so hard during 2020, mm-hmm. 2021. Yeah, like being able to kind of playfully execute those with like all the resources of mm-hmm. of a network TV show has been great. 
Was there one prank that could never, like, that you were just like, oh, I wish that one worked, or I wish we got to do that there, one? Yes, absolutely. And I, forgive me if I've already told this story in the past, but, like, every, the timing of when Burning Man happens is, mm-hmm. uh, like, maybe September. And, or, so yeah, it's it, like Labor Day. Yeah, and we usually uh, have, like, shot the movies in January, February, into the summer, then are editing for it to be out in the fall. Okay. And so the idea, you know, 20 years ago was to... Get a fire truck, have Pontius, and, and like uh-huh. drive out to the middle of Burning Man. As soon as they light the fire of the giant man, and everybody's timed their drugs yeah. and yeah. and like just put it out and uh-huh. be like, no need to thank us, <laughs> like we got it. Oh my god! Everybody and just yeah. ruin everybody's yeah. experience. To ruin Burning Man. <laughs> yes. And like the, wow. the the downfall of everyone's yeah. like. Yeah, they they're 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 on their quest. <laughs> yes, exactly. And that was not. We just never timed it out right to be yeah. able to go shoot that for one yeah. of the movies or, or whatever. Well, I guess it would also um, be a good. Uh, it would be a good kind of like bellwether to see like how violent somebody <laughs> yes, on mushrooms can get. Exactly. <laughs> just like it's just like you're not having fun anymore. Yeah. You're trying to kill us. Chris Pontius being drawn and quartered between art cars. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Diplo was yeah, just like a... boom. Yeah. No, that's amazing. That would be, well, what could have been? Yes. 201-989-0012 is the number. Hello, Best Show. Hey, Tom. How's it going? Good, good. Who's this? This is John Von Albertson calling. John Von, I'm very suspicious of that part of it, that you just didn't say John. Uh, That's my name. Oh, I assumed it was, but it almost also seems like you're setting up somebody actually named John Von Albertson. I'm going to just trust. I am not at John. I'm going to trust it. Where are you you. calling from, John? Oh, I'm calling from East Lansing, Michigan. Okay. Who's the best band out of Michigan ever? Come on. Um, out of, um, the Stooges. Yeah, of course. Who's the second best band? Yeah. Second best. Uh, MC5? Yeah, I think so. Third best. Bob Seger system. Mm, I can, I'll accept it, but I would maybe say (laughs) Laughing Hyenas or I'll say White Stripes even. Like White Stripes were, White Stripes get no credit for how much fun they were when they with t- time has passed and they, they were, were great. They were so exciting. Proto Martyr making great albums and touring right now. Of course. Proto Martyr. Amazing. So many albums. Yeah. I would also mention his name is alive. Okay. There you go. Yeah. So John, what do you got for us? Um, I've got a, uh, a video that I've always thought I wish could have been made is I can't get next to you by the temptations. Oh, wow. That's good. So do you have an idea for it? Or do you want it? All an animated. You want it well, animated? I kind of always have had, I've had an idea for it because you could literally just illustrate the lyrics. Mm-hmm. Like if you go through, it's, I can turn the gray sky blue. I can make mm-hmm. it rain whenever I want it to. I can build a castle from a single grain of sand. I can make a ship sail on dry land. Mm-hmm. So on and so forth. All in a 70s style, 
it would be perfect. When you say 70s style, what are you talking? Ralph Bakshi animation? More like, uh, if you've ever seen the Jackson 5 cartoons? Yes. That's what I envision. Okay. So. Yeah. Cheapo animation. <laughs> right. A little, a little <laughs> yeah. limited. Yes. The kind of animation where somebody had to say no a whole lot to the people doing the animation. Um, somebody had to say like, <laughs> like we can't do that. Yeah. Do we really, does Marlin really need to have more than three fingers? <laughs> like that level of animation. <laughs> um, right. The Archies, something like that. Yeah. I like that. What do you think about that? Lance? I would love okay. that. I would watch that. Yeah. What if it was also sort of like electric company pinball animation? Yeah. What about that? Did Completely. you watch a, Did you watch electric yes. company, John? Oh yeah, yeah, I did. Uh, very early on, very early mm-hmm. memories of Electric Company. Okay. Who's your favorite yeah. uh, Easy Reader? Did you like him? Uh, Wells Fargo. I don't remember. Oh, that. Was that his oh. name, Wells Fargo? I don't. Fargo remember. North. Fargo yeah, North okay. was a detective. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's uh, yeah, that was Fargo North. Yeah, the, look, they were slipping funny stuff in there that I didn't get as a kid and I <laughs> still kind of don't get. Um, no, I, um, so you'd want it to be that kind of animation. When I said Ralph Bakshi, and I yeah, mentioned, so- I've mentioned this on the show before, my grandparents, not a, look, this was not exactly a, a Mensa convention going on over my grandparents' house. They went to the movies. They thought they were going to see Felix the cat, and they went to see Fritz the no. cat. And they walked oh, in. Oh, no. And then after, like, I hope it was 10 minutes. <laughs> How, why would it even be 10 minutes? Wouldn't you just be like, nope. 30 seconds in, we're, we're going. <laughs> um, look, I loved, love them to love my grandfather to death. My grandmother, not so much. Um, but the, uh, it was, um, not their brightest moment, but that's, if you ever wonder what I, what stock I came from, there you go. That's what I came from, John. That's Um, great. Yeah. Anything else? Are you excited? Are you going to see the Uh, elephant six? You see the elephant, do you like elephant six stuff? Are you familiar with any of it? Yeah. You should check this documentary. I am somewhat familiar with it. I'm going to learn a lot when I see it. You are. Yes. All right, buddy. Have a good night. Okay. Thanks. 201-989-0012. Oh, I have... I'm being told there might be a report from the droid R7D3 out in the studio. I built a droid at Disneyland with my nephew. Um, I'm being told, let's see, is the droid anywhere to be found? We'll find out in a second. When, when the droid's ready, I'm ready. Um, let's see. What did I want to ask Lance? Oh, I also want to make this clear to anybody out there. We're talking about documentaries. 
and this might sound like hubris, but I've seen some pretty small documentaries. There will never, ever be no best show documentary. I'll sue anyone who does one. First of all, you're never going to get one second of audio for it. I'll sue you. I'll shut you down. No video for it. I'll sue you. Proprietary. It's mine. I don't want this story being told. It can be told 600 years after I die. That's the first time somebody can consider making it. That would be my worst nightmare if somebody was like filming. It's already bad enough with this thing filming me. I don't want, you know what I mean? I don't want to tell. There's certain things that just should be, but don't have to have a documentary about them. And this is one of them. I want anybody to realize this is one of them. Never, ever. I had to do things for for that uh, WFMU documentary. I wanted to jump off a roof. <laughs> I tried to get out. I fought that for years. And then finally, like, please, we need it. We need it. Fine. I never signed the thing for it for years. And then they're begging me, please. There's no movie with that. And I'm just like, look, it wasn't my idea to do this movie. Sorry. Told you from the beginning. No. I'm begging you. I'm begging you. So fine, I'll do it. A stupid direct-to-camera thing. Whatever. Some things just don't translate to documentaries. And I'm doing a service to you by suing anybody who even considered. If you even think about it, you might wake up and there's some uh, legal, you get the subpoena. Oh, my guy, he... He does that thing where he gets you, where he's like, hey, are you uh, so-and-so? He's like, you've been served. That would be the most fun job ever also, to serve. If anybody has any in on how I can do that, to serve people with documents, oh, I would do Then you can film. That's the documentary you can make. Tom Sharpling colon server. Process server. Process server. That's the only thing I'll make with somebody is me as a process server. Oh, my God. You're Lance Bangs. Oh, my God. So I'm such a fan. You're like, um, I just got to ask you a question. Uh, when you were doing the uh, the loiter squad, you got served. <laughs> like, that's that's what I would love to do. That's it. Process server. So it's the only loophole to film me as a process server. <laughs> Do you have you ever been served like that? Process server? Somebody yes. throw a thing at you? Yeah. I don't want to know about it. It's a good story. Oh, well, then I do <laughs> want to know about it. I didn't want you to tell a thing you didn't want to tell. You did get served. Yeah. Oh, now I got to know all about it. I this. hope it doesn't cause any problems. I, I think it all got resolved okay. But like, Oh, no, look. I just said the thing. The, the yeah. WFMU director is going to be hunting me yeah, down yeah. after what I just said. No, he's not. That's a, he's a very nice guy. He made a great movie. I I just didn't want to be a part of it for personal reasons. That's it. You know how when you start a media company, you have to make a name for like whatever your entity is. Sure. And so I don't know 
what yours is, but you, you mm-hmm. know, there's something yeah. that is a name that you chose. Yeah. Um, I made a, a feature length documentary with David Cross, uh, like 2002, 2003. Okay. So after the September 11th attacks, he goes out and starts doing stand-up comedy, not in like the comedy venues of the time, not not the like sit down to drink minimum. Yeah, yeah. No, he was um, doing clubs. Yeah, he was doing like, like deliberately like, clubs. you know, rock venues, yeah. like the 40-watt club, uh, Maxwell's, mm-hmm. things like that. And having the audience stand and doing longer sets, maybe like two, two and a half hours, yeah. he would, you know, he'd have a few drinks and start talking about things that were going on and if the audience was there with him, he would go for two and a half, three hours instead of like the 45 minutes of material and 10 minutes of mm-hmm. local crowd work that yeah, the, the standard does. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and he took a band on tour opening and we shot a documentary going around the US in this moment where people are in that very much like Patriot Act kind of moment yeah, with John Ashcroft and Office and, mm-hmm. and all of that. Um, and... You put up release forms when you go to venues and there's an agreement with the the venue that the show is going to happen at that like when you booked this show for David Cross, you agreed that part of the terms were we're going to be filming. Yes, yeah, so it's a notice yeah. of of photography. Exactly. Like, yeah. And you could have chosen to have the Queen cover band that night, but you agreed, OK, we'll we'll pay David Cross yeah. this much and, and agree mm-hmm. to the filming and not yeah. there aren't T-shirts for us to make money off of, uh-huh. but we'll have more bar drinks or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then one of the cities and maybe i'll be careful about like not getting too specific but you know somewhere in the south there's a venue that's been around for a long time and the person working was difficult and had like advertised it on the billboard is like tonight mr show and david's like no like that like it's not mr show it's just me that guy's not here you know like (laughs) yeah it's it's not the hbo i don't want people buying tickets and thinking it's gonna be a whole thing and you know the guy's like well i'm not getting back up on the ladder to go change the sign and it's like well but, but you can't sell yeah the tickets to people for a I different thing. I up and, a ladder. Yeah. So it, it just kind of kept going from there. And at the end of the night, we were being maybe a bit rude by, you know, all that David travels with. There's no guitars and amplifiers and drum kits. It's just like a notebook that goes in a backpack right. and maybe some Pedialyte to mix with mm-hmm. vodka to drink. Sure. And so like extending how long that could possibly take to like load out or wrap up or mm-hmm. I can't fit this notebook in the backpack, you know, mm-hmm. and just yeah, like yeah. making the person more and more upset who had Uh also done 50 other funny you know annoying things sure um and then the footage of him being kind of funny is in the documentary Mm -hmm. and he had you know agreed to do the show and sign the releases and all that but he decides to sue for i don't know if it's you know defamation so i get like serve like a process server comes and like knocks on the door like hey like are you same thing like are you are you lance bangs like Yeah. yeah and like Okay, here you go. Mm-hmm. And like drops the thing on my ankles and is like, all right, you've been. Does there. it have to touch you? The way that he did it, it touched me. And I don't know if that means, if I don't know if that's important, but like that was how they did it. They like, you know, kind of yeah. tossed it at my legs. Yeah. Um, Man, I got to do that. Like I was tagged or something. Yeah, know? exactly. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you so, got served. So I got served. And they were suing every entity, you know, so it was, it came out through Sub Pop and it was like Warner Brothers, which mm-hmm. is a distributor. And yeah whatever and barnes and noble and like everybody was being served. so barnes yeah. or noble hey are yeah. you barnes <laughs> so, from barnes and noble but you i was like served i didn't need the stress of getting sued you know like that yeah. you know and and so i talked to david right away and it seemed like it'd be an open and shut thing you mm-hmm. know like he signed the release you know but the problem is when you choose your production company name if you're making a funny in joke and you name it liberal g run media but then the 
trial is somewhere in the deep yeah. south and it is like local person mm-hmm. we all adore versus liberal Jew-run media. Yes, someone <laughs> says to say that <laughs> yes. out loud yes. in a court of law. And then it's like, oh, are we guaranteed to win or will the local jury yeah, prefer with... their local guy versus liberal? Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a, yeah, that's why somebody told me if you do a production company, just do something innocuous. Like it's not, it's not time to put points on the comedy board <laughs> with your, the name of your production company. So what was that? So were you in court for that? No, like oh. it eventually got worked out, okay. but uh, I, I was terrified. I couldn't afford to get sued over a thing no. that I, you know, like, yeah, especially something that, you know, the answer to already. It's just yeah. like, you signed the thing. Yeah. And that's the, that's the, was the DVD on the pack right that was the package for the what was that called let america laugh yes and then yeah. he put out an audio version of material from that same tour mm-hmm. called shut up you fucking baby that's right yeah no that um i think that i think that just made a uh i think did the av club just do a list of comedy to best comedy albums of all time and that was like in the top 10 wow. so that just happened notice rock run rule didn't make the list <laughs> or the any of the 30 albums john and i put out but that's fine i didn't want to make the list anyway yeah and again the only documentary that can be made about me or you'll be served ironically is a documentary about me serving people because otherwise the final scene will be me serving the filmmaker (laughs) the final shot will be the 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 envelope the manila envelope hitting the camera. <laughs> Final scene. Um, let me see what's going on. Do we have... Oh, do we have any updates on the robot? My robot friend. 201-989-0012. We're trying to find the droid. Um, okay. It got away from us a little okay. bit. We'll, we'll update you soon. Okay. Phones are... Oh, thank you. Phones are weirdly quiet tonight people were on hold for a very long time and then they jumped off so if you were one of those people you call back now you'll get right through 201-989-0012 this is what i get for not taking more calls when people are on hold like they punish me back so what else has got what you i mean you always have so many things going on lance you always got a little bit of this it's like you and don't take this the wrong way. This is going to sound insulting. I know you're going to take this the wrong way. Sometimes you're like Candyman or Rumpelstiltskin. Something's like, what's Lance? How'd Lance get here? <laughs> it's, a, it's great. It's like a positive Rumpelstiltskin. <laughs> um, because you'll just be, and it's like, you. What, tell me what that's like because you're, you're where that stuff's happening so much of the time are you just like looking at like a beautiful mind <laughs> like a schedules and things of what's going on how are you able to swing this because anytime anything cool is going on anywhere in the country <laughs> suddenly you're there and I don't know how you do it I'm but I'm nothing but impressed by it yeah I I get excited about things and and compulsively want my brain lights up with things to make that extend that or add to that world or collaborate with that 
and go to those places and start making mm-hmm. things with those people generally. Yeah. Um, there's a great musician in Chicago um, named Gia Margaret that I've been making a long form project with. Okay. Um, and I'd intended to get it done and release it at the time that she put out an album called a romantic piano that came out a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. But the ideas that I had kept expanding and needing more time to get fully okay. made to make it as massive of a project as I'm trying to build. Mm-hmm. So that's the one that I'm most satisfied on kind of continuing to chip away at right now. Okay. Uh, your friend Kurt Vile does a great appearance okay. in it. Amazing. No, um, he's, they, so that's something that's been, how that's, how long has that been? Probably uh, like a year and a half. Like okay. uh, essentially during the Initial lockdown phase of 2020, like, you know, May, June of 2020, when it's like, all right, everyone, we're going to shelter in place. Mm -hmm. Um, I came across on Bandcamp a recording under the name Mia Gargarit that was sort of ambient. One person, you Mm -hmm. could tell in a room, maybe on a four-track sounding, you know, maybe on a laptop, but it sounded like being in a room. Mm -hmm. And someone playing like a mono synth and doing kind of really beautiful, but one person alone feeling. And then... Fragments of like audio from, you know, things that were taped off of a television or a, mm-hmm. a conversation from a long time ago in the way that you would have heard in 1989 okay. on some college radio. Show sure. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, 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 like it sounds like what you're saying is like very analog. Yes. Kind of. Um, you know, so that sort of like you're sleeping, you don't want to believe, you know, like mm-hmm. that sort of okay. thing coming into an yeah. otherwise like music thing. And uh the tone of it was so great and it was so evocative and interesting, but felt like a very specific thing from one person's mm-hmm. point of view and perspective that I got transfixed with it. And I was an idiot. Like I, I thought this was like someone that had 14 listeners on Bandcamp that I'd somehow stumbled across okay. and was completely yeah. unknown, whatever. And then I thought, God, that's such a weird last name, Gargarit. Like, you know, mm-hmm. and then at some point, like someone means like, oh, you mean Gia Margaret's side project where she takes the first letter of her last name. Oh, and like, so, but like, so it's like, you got to check out Donna Lel Ray. Yeah. Like no one's heard uh-huh. of her. You know, yeah, it's like, exactly. You, do, you're just do you like mean the, the flip? The, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, so she is like an accomplished singer songwriter that people mm-hmm. already knew and were fond yeah. of. And you're, it is always the funniest thing. We're just like, never going to believe who I discovered. <laughs> people are just like, you discovered. No, you're the, you're on the last car on the train. You're not the, you're not the engine. But during that sort of like isolated time, like I, I have a, you know, I'm married to Corin Tucker and have a family, but was going and working like mm-hmm. in an empty mm-hmm. building during yeah. that era and like listening mm-hmm. to this music while backing yeah. up footage or shooting mm-hmm. things, whatever, yeah. and wanted to make something visual to go with it. And then started talking to her about ideas um, because she knew that she was going to make like a solo romantic piano record okay. first, like almost like a weird new age record, like mm-hmm. in that, when that existed. Sure. Um that section of the record mm-hmm. store. Yeah. The George Winston. Yes, exactly. Albums, the Wyndham Hill. <laughs> right on. Stuff. Before doing like a singer songwriter thing, which will be her okay. next release or whatever. And went to visit her in Chicago and started having all these ideas for like things to do for each of the fragments of music or pieces that she mm-hmm. was building for a new album mm-hmm. and decided I was going to make a laser disc and started figuring out it's like a dead format that you can't manufacture anymore. Yes, but I got yeah. into like, where in the world uh-huh. can I, can I, how can I shoot everything on that equipment okay. and yeah. make, you know, 17 individual short films okay. that will correspond with all that. Sure. Uh, fill up a laser and it's taken me longer than, okay. than you might imagine. That's too. weird that it would take longer <laughs> for you to use a, 
poor method died 30 years ago. Exactly. No, that, no, that, look, laser discs still have their, there's still plenty of laser disc <laughs> yes. champions out there where they're just like, this record store has, oh, like somebody just dumped their whole collection because yeah. the person died. Yes. And they, it's like, head over. It's like, I got silence of the lambs and it's <laughs> worth $400. Um, so I've been working on that and when that's ready to come out, I'll be very proud of it. Okay. That's amazing. Yeah. And then a lot of other, uh, short projects, musicians and this comedian, Natalie Palomides, I made a, like a TV pilot thing that she dreamt Mm. up and, and that she directed and, and wrote and performed with a bunch of friends. And yeah, I remember that was a few months ago that that they, it was staged. Yeah. And so she's in the edit for that right now. Yeah. No, she's, um, truly next level. Yeah. No, she's like a kind of like can do everything. Yeah. She's really amazing. I'm being told to check the droid. Uh-oh. The droid I built now is, oh, no, it's going toward the universal bar and grill. Don't go in the dirt. Oh, thank you. Okay, where are you going? You're going toward, you. don't go to universal bar and grill. No. I tell you, this droid gets hit by a car. Whoever's driving. Um, and there's the minion looking down on us from Universal Studios. There. Yeah. Okay. Don't. You're going to go to Universal Studios. You're not a IP from there. So if that door goes in the street and a car makes a right, everybody here is going to get, going to be eaten droid on the way out. Thank you. Oh, there we go. Um, well, let me. Uh, uh, let me see. I want. So, what is one that like? Is there? Is there? A, like, if you, you know, we're, we are where we are. Where what happens happens, and sometimes there's a thing. Oh, I wish I, wish I could have done this when when it was possible. It's not possible. Is there a story that you wish you could have told through all the things you've seen, and you wish you could have gone deeper into? Yeah, there's weirder things that I've just kind of stumbled across in my travels, like things that, I like I. Not people who are trying to have attention on themselves. Yeah. Well, that's like the, that's the, the, the good stuff. Yes, exactly. So there's a number of those kind of encounters or friendships or people I've met in strange places that wouldn't ever want to be portrayed mm-hmm. on film or written about or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I respect that, but those are the things that kind of light up my brain or mm-hmm. linger or echo around yeah. in there. Yeah. So, there, and then like musically, there are a few things that like, Timing wise, just didn't help out. Like I yeah. crossed paths with Prince a few times, but never properly went and like shot a long interview with him or filmed a legitimate performance. So or, when you say you cross paths with Prince, what was that about? Like you know, I would go visit a music video set that a friend of mine was his assistant director when he was like cranking out stuff in the early two thousands mm-hmm. or, or whatever, and sort of you know get to be around or say hi, but not have like a long sure face to face sit down deep conversation. But you did say hi to Prince, yeah. <laughs> And so, say back. This is very kind of quiet, like, hey. Hey. Um I'll take it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But like I regret not having like pushed that and been like, hey, I we should do you know, for that yeah. song that you haven't done a video for, let's make mm-hmm. this. Yeah. So look, you can't do it all. Yeah. Sometimes I feel Lance when I croak. God willing, it's not for a while. The things I'm never gonna get to do. The things that because you think it's sometimes ideas are cheap, though. You know yeah. what I mean? It's 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 the execution is the hard part. The 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 drudgery 
is what is necessary to make a thing exist. The idea is kind of like, it's like, oh, I want to make a movie about Prince. It's like, oh, you do, do you? <laughs> Where's you? Like, but it's like, well, what are you going to do with that? How are you going to do yeah. it? Like, that's the hard part with things. We did a thing on the show. I have news for everybody. Uh, do we have the, the teaser ready? We did something last week that has been pretty much a year in the making on the show. And it happened last week. And on next week's best show, you will get to check this out. Um, we it put is a little, ready whenever you it's want. It's ready. Thank you, Andrew. And Andrew, you're, you're, uh, I just want to say this. I'm not yes. going to single Andrew out. Everybody works so hard on the show. Andrew's role in making this event happen was monumental. And Andrew, you lived up to it Why, big thanks. time. You rose to the challenge on this one like nobody's business. Thank you so much, Tom. You it delivered, was a Andrew. pretty fun challenge. Andrew, I was proud of you. Why, I was thanks. proud of you, Andrew. And, uh, and also, the phone number is 201-989-0012. We can take a call or two before we say goodbye. But no, first thing I'm going to do, let's play the other thing, the 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 Julie one. Put this on ice for a second. Oh, Calling okay. an audible Give right now. One Sorry for that. Julie Klausner, my co-host on Double Threat, recorded a song called Silence. It's legitimately great. Let's hear let's hear a minute of silence. No pun intended. Okay. And this video is directed by Jody Lemon uh, Lennon sorry, Lennon, Jody Lennon, and edited by Vic Berger. Silence. Let's pay. You can fade it down. Everybody. Rubbing the lotion whenever it's told. Lower the back 
song. So great. Julie done did it again. Check it out on YouTube. Check it out on anywhere you stream. Silence by Julie Klausner. She did it again. Like Patton said, not Patton Oswald. Patton, the other Patton. Little Patton, I call him. George Patton. What's his name? George, right? Yeah. George S. Patton Oswald. He said, you magnificent bastard, you did it again. Who is he talking about? Rommel! Julie, you done did it again. Um, now, you know, I teased the thing. So let's get a sneak peek of what is going to be on next week's best show. Play it, please. Play it a second time. We're playing it again. I want to get doubly excited about it. But I'll say this before you play it a second time. OCs came here. They got an album coming out next Friday. They played their new album in its entirety for the best show in the studio. And it's truly mind-blowing one of the best things i've ever gotten to see and it's only on the best show they they're playing songs on this thing they're never going to play again they learned their whole new album intercepted messages which is an amazing album one of their best play the video again please One of the best, it was one of the best things we've had. OCs are one of my all-time favorite bands. And for them to come through and do a full session, full album, special, just for best show, I couldn't believe it. But you know what? I had to believe it because it happened. And it's going to be this time next week. You will see that and hear it. And also, next week on The Best Show, big announcement, big announcement, big announcement next week on the show. Same big, 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 big. This is what I'm going to say. People in the chat, guess what you think the big announcement might be. I want to see if anybody can guess the big announcement. This is a big announcement. I'm telling you, Lance. This is big. What are people guessing? I hate Tom. Uh, <laughs> Tom sucks. Uh, why am I listening to this show? 
These are not guesses, everybody. Um, I'm not marrying a wolf. Abba will not be performing live on the show. I did not fake the wolf smooches. Dudia will not be fired next week or any week. Um, I'm not going to prank the Bed Bath & Beyond guy. There will not be Best Show Funko Pops. These are, <laughs> I'm not going to open my own fish sandwich restaurant. I'm not getting back surgery. Um, Lance will not be on next, on the a part of the big announcement. Or maybe he will. I don't know. Uh, that I'm going to be the new showrunner of The Simpsons during the writer's strike. <laughs> now, that's called scabbing. <laughs> that will not be happening. Beyonce will not be on the show. I'm not moving the show to Austin. Um, uh, Z-Man will not be taking over the show for me. I'm not moving the show to Rumble. Um, Miley Cyrus will most likely not be on the show. Steely Dan will not be in studio. These are excellent guesses, but also terrible guesses. Uh, I will not be... Joining the band Rat. I will not join Rat. Um, I will not be in a fist fight with Steven Crowder. I'm not adding a second droid to the show. Donald Trump will not be a guest. There will not be a hot dog eating contest. Um, I'm not doing an episode of Hot Ones. Uh, I'm not going to do a stunt that makes Lance vomit. Not getting a bigger desk. Best show unplugged. No. Um, yeah. Gary the Squirrel Show not happening. That's not a part of the big announcement. Yeah. I got to say, not doing the show shirtless. That's never going to happen. Um, Lana Del Rey. No. People are saying, oh, you didn't mention Lana Del Rey. I will not be releasing a vaccine. <laughs> I will not be reenacting a full episode of Doctor Who. I'm not announcing my pre a candidacy for the president of the United States. Uh, I'm not growing a mustache. No. Live tattoos. No, I will not be kissing John Worcester on the show. Well, nothing wrong with that, but I just... He will not be here for me to do that. I will not be doing an all mime episode of the show. Uh, Jordan Peterson will not be on the show. I'm not bleaching my hair blonde. Pete Holmes will not be the guest host of the show. Uh, nobody got it. So, you know what? It's 9 p.m. I wanted to say Lance... Bangs, you're one of my favorite people. Your movie, the movie, the Elephant Six documentary is truly special. And I hope everybody sees, I hope they see it in a the theater. And if, but if they can't or it's not possible for them, there will be options down, yeah. like in the, in the near future. Yeah, September 1st, you can yeah. watch it on yeah. you but, know, Apple but, or Amazon or whatever. But try to see it in the theater. Yeah, for sure. It'll be a special experience. And what else is, uh, 
in the pipeline. You told us about the other yeah, thing I made you were working a, on. That's down a, the road a ways. A comedy special for Duncan Trussell okay. uh, that we shot in Austin, Texas, where all, okay. the, all that comedy yeah. momentum is happening at the moment. Okay. Um, hoping to do one for David Borey, another comedian that I'm very fond of mm-hmm. that we're looking to do in the Bay Area coming up. Okay. Um, finishing some personal films and the Gia Margaret project is the main thing that my brain is. Yeah. Well, I can't wait. I'm I'm excited that you're excited. And then, no, it's not the end of the best show. Don't worry about that. Somebody wants to know, is the documentary coming out in Austin? Uh, in, in Australia, not Austin. Oh, it will eventually come to Australia. Okay. Uh, we haven't, we haven't licensed it for Australia yet, but we will. Okay. Yeah. So, but again, people can, where is there, is there a central place to follow the things? Yeah. With I this? think if you, Google Elephant Six Recording Company or Elephant Six Movie. There's a website that has all the listing of all the theaters. Again, there's like between 30 and 40 different cities in the U.S. that have actual like movie ticketed screenings going okay. on, which is wild. Mm-hmm. No, uh, it's very exciting. And that'll, you know, have more information. And because a lot of cities like, you know, Robert Schneider will be speaking. David Cross and Busy Phillips are doing the premieres in New York at the IFC fen- uh, Center. Um, members of Neutral Milk Hotel or like Scott Spillane is speaking in North Carolina. Uh, it's such a great community like Merge Records was such a big part of all this that yeah. there's so much goodwill towards that era of musicians and and the film itself that we're having a lot of great things happening that's it's really exciting and it's just it's a it's a story that it I'm glad it is has been told properly and uh, you come back anytime you want Lance. all right you know that anytime you want we will be back next week OC's live set their new album in its entirety this is a big one tell everybody all your friends about it and then a big best show announcement big best show announcement we end the show the way we've been ending it for uh last few weeks now let's hear something from the poo sticks the best show is produced in partnership with the forever dog podcast network the show is hosted by Tom Sharpling and features John Worcester, Michael Lisk, Jason Gore, and Pat Byrne. The show is produced and written by Jason Gore, Pat Byrne, Michael Lisk, Brett Davis, John Worcester, and Tom Sharpling. The best show is executive produced by Tom Sharpling, Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. Co-executive produced by Jason Gore and Pat Byrne, segment producer Michael Lisk. The show is engineered and mastered by Andrew Gleason and Wesley Knapp. Graphic design, video editing, and social media by Brett Davis. Website and technical support by Martine Sellis. And the show is recorded at Forever Dog Studios in Los Angeles. Support The Best Show on Patreon over at patreon.com slash thebestshow. And follow us on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Best Show for Life. That's Best Show number four, Life. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.